Yeah. If I die tomorrow, I hope you hear these words. I ain't here to flip no birds or sip no serve. Hope the future generations can get this urge. Stay woke, youngin', and avenge these nerds. Uh huh. Yo, the sounds of the Bronx are alive and well in my it's, background. It's summer in the Bronx. It's, yo, it's <laughs> barely summer, man. Yeah, we, we, get, we, get, we, get, we get warm weather. We can't control ourselves. <sighs> my bad. My bad, guys. It's going to be a long night. If this, gotta this, gotta this, come this, to the burbs, man. <laughs> you're, you're asking for too much. You're asking for way too much right now. <laughs> well, wait, wait. What's that? I go? You want a minute? Are you? You're doing that okay, part. I'll do, do the, the, I'll do do the intro. 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 Oh, that's like, Fuck oh, it, yeah. we're doing it live. Fuck it, we're doing it live. This is live. So, <laughs> welcome, guys. Nerds around. This is your host, Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. And your boy, Tone, from across the hall. And we are live here on a Tuesday night, as always, here. Loving you guys. And um, also, too, to celebrate 200 subscribers. When on you YouTube. go to that description. Make awesome. sure you guys check that description because I put a free comic and four free digital prints in there for you guys. Check it out. Oh, That's word. our way of saying thank oh, you. Thank you. Free shit. Make sure you guys are checking out the Nerds Network in the description too after the show to check out all the other dope podcast streamers. Yada Everyone who we, you know, seen them on the show, haven't seen them on the show, everyone who we want to throw our support behind. Make sure you have your wallets ready because May 18th, the Penguinos Kickstarter starts. Um, Robert Powers's awesome Kickstarter book, Penguino. You've seen him on the show last week. You're seeing him do the media rounds. He's actually going to be on the Mighty Pong this Friday. So make sure, again, you have your wallets ready. Follow the nerds around on TikTok. We are on TikTok now. Yes. The whole crew is like kind of getting on TikTok. We Follow are it. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Please. I'm please not, but we are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> this, we we. Listen, your 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 Instagram consists of you smoking a cigar, looking like fucking awesome. That's it. Sure, that's all people need to go to the Instagram for. Is Tone smoking a cigar, looking like a G. Sure. Um, next up, we have May twenty second, eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The drink and draw. We will be here eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time doing a drink and draw. Um, our DM, who you're going to get to meet, um, Tommy, is actually hosting a D and D one shot game. Unfortunately, guys, it has filled up, but we are going to do What's more. That? And we're going to um, pretty much do more of this during Ambient Con when we get you back with that information. Um, and finally, yeah, that's about it. Subscribe to the Twitch and YouTube channel. Just keep subscribing, guys. And um, yeah, we are now here on the show. Like, what's up, guys? So we are here today talking D&D. Yes. The D&D hype train has hit us and ran with us over the last year. Wait, 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 wait. Before you get into that, yes, I realize uh, Robert Powers drew an awesome Nightcrawl Hulk mashup. We, yo. Yes, his, his yo, mashups he's are incredible. Bro, I want to see a collab piece, no lie, between him and Turk. Like, those are two, my two like favorite mashup people right now. And, like, that would be amazing. Um, But getting back into it, we are doing a I think we should commission him to do our D&D characters. <laughs> just gave him ideas that's I it mean, i mean right, i'm anyway, here for anyway, it anyway, anyway, for let's, let's do this let's do this let's do this let's do this hey what's goody larice no vaccine for tnt absolutely not uh we have all became uh in one way or another dice goblins character creators dms in some rights we have uh this one over here he did his first uh dming like a couple weeks ago two weeks ago now me he did um, me but 
with us today, we have our lovely DM for multiple campaigns, but you guys know the most from our collateral damage campaign. We have the one, the only, our bearded DM, Tommy. What's going on? Cha cha. Welcome to welcome back to the show. And then Thank with you. us, we have another one of our favorite players, master craftsmen. Like this man puts the world on his back. This is why he has his namesake. Let's give it up for Atlas. There he hey, goes. There he hey. is. Holding holding the dice in his oh, fingers. Shit. What okay. is this? Okay. I think it's so. Let's see what you're trying to do here. Listen, <laughs> listen. If you guys want to show off the shiny math rocks, we can just sit there and do that. Oh my god, it's like a fucking, it's like a fucking ridiculous pissing contest. <laughs> One I would probably lose, but still, I like my dice. So, we kind of know this already. So I'm gonna skip the first question. Well, I'll I'll ask it to bring it up. Um. What was the first character you built versus the last, the latest character you've played or built? And I will start with, uh, we'll go in the initiative order because we had them roll initiative before we started. So, you know, somebody, I, I, I would argue that at least two people out of this panel right now has to put those dice in dice jail. But, um, ooh, oh, Tommy, are you getting the, the, yes. Okay. So Tommy, you go first. The f- who was the first character you built, and then who was the latest character you've built or played? Um, so the first character I ever really played in was a half-elf monk ranger named Yu. And Turt ended up doing some art for me. Yes! She, I, your, your bow, the bow with blades, mm. I made a bow out of my swords. That's what was her weapon, was her sword. Nice! So, yeah, she was a beastmaster, and she—I think she was way of the four elements. That's an interesting little uh, combination. Why four elements? I want to do Avatar shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you get, to have, like, you get to have Appa, and then you get to control some. Yeah, elements. I had a I had a, a giant elk as my animal companion. He couldn't fight with me, but like he was there, he could help carry stuff and yeah. like do tasks and stuff. His name was uh, Daro. And uh, nice, and like we literally would like. I mean, when I say giant elk, like giant sized elk, the whatever it is it is in the the monster manual for a giant right. elk. So it's this big thing that the party basically like rode on whenever we traveled somewhere. And the last one, the last one that I played, we'll go with played, um, is. Uh, Meander, the Honorable. Uh, yes! Boy. Gotta love him. That's him and his animal companion, Fred. Uh, Another multi-class, right? A wizard and rogue. So he's a thief and he's a blade singer. Nice, and, nice. Uh, and just an impulsive, pompous asshole. So... <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I feel like that's so we all kind of have. I I wanted to be, I wanted to stab things and I wanted to steal shit and um and I have a flying cat. Thing. If that ain't the definition <laughs> of D and D, I don't know what is. I want to <laughs> stab shit. <laughs> I, stab I shit. made up this whole um. This so Larissa would technically go after after Tommy because these guys 
uh, I think it all rolled under 10. We did. Ah. I rolled yeah. two. Um, yeah, he... Um, part of his backstory, for whatever reason, he's um, running from... I think this is in Exandria. So he's running from the clasp, I believe. Mm. And so whenever he talks to people, he uses an alternate identity... Uh, I think uh, I don't I don't know, but I passed. They were orcs, so like they were just like whatever. Yeah, they just didn't like me. All right. I trying to I was trying to stop them from burning the little girl. Ended up being a hag. And they were right. We should have just let them burn the little girl. But <laughs> oh, <yeah. shit. laughs> but talk but, about a fucking plot twist. But it led to us going to the lair. We ended up killing the whole coven as opposed to just the one hag. Good shit. Barely. We barely got it. The reason I am very curious to see you play a bard. That would, that be, would be so much fun. That would be fun. My only character so far is a level eight wood elf cleric with one level barbarian. Glad because of Bronx. Okay, I'm crazy, crazy sometimes. Um, yeah, glad we love her. Thank you so much for playing. Thank you for so, so much for stopping by today. Um, Tone, you are next. All right, with my seven. With your seven, a whole seven. Cleric Barbarian sounds full. Yo, I don't. So, oh, that's Danny, Danny. Danny, yeah. hi. <laughs> My bad. Danny, hi. Um, yeah, Cleric Barbarian wasn't something we saw like going. And then, like, when certain elements of game happened, we were like, nah, like, you gotta go Barbarian, bro. Like, it just makes so much sense. I would love to see her, like, Oh, it would be funnier if she We're was coming like up a, to that in the podcast at some fairly D2 soon. Thomas is in D2 Thomas. Yeah, yeah. It'd be funny if she was a grave domain because she could like punch you with rage and then heal you. Like, like she could knock you out for the rest of your hit points and then heal you full. Come on, tell me that's not dope. All right, told, told. Okay, take it away. All right, so um, my first character is uh, my my paladin uh, Galahad. He is a paladin uh, oath of conquest, and he is pretty much a whole side of me that I have put into uh, a noble character who is following a religion of the platinum dragon Bahamut. Uh, didn't know too much about Bahamut aside from the fact that he was the really cool dragon fucking summon in Final Fantasy, and I figured, hey, fuck <laughs> it, cool, I'm gonna go with him. And then found out that like you know, word is law and being good and all that other fun stuff. But I yeah. have been really enjoying the the paladin class. It is by far my favorite class. Definitely going the full twenty levels if we get there and he survives all of this nonsense. Um, that that's looking more debatable by the day. You know, rolling with you fuckers, right? Like Wow, wow, wow. Blame this one. I don't have anybody against me right you now. Know, this, this I mean, but uh uh but uh I've had some really dope moments with him and some really cool moments and just kind of living the life of, you know, smite first and ask questions later. That's kind of been the, <laughs> it's kind of been the way to go, uh, but it's, it's great. I really, I really enjoy, I really enjoy playing him and, and kind of seeing the, the moral quandaries that I have to go and think about and how he's really, he's actually, you know, religious in the fact that he believes in his God, not like following like, a very fine line of lawful good. I and do, like, I mean, you're do it very well. Yeah. You do it very, very well. I would uh, say I would say Galadad. That's it because you got that dad, um, you know, vibe. I mean, too. listen, <laughs> we knew it was gonna be a thing once you became old man Galahad, and then yes. you started going the whole Galadad route. It was, you a, know, it was a wrap. Go, yeah, I know. Fucking going and talking to you or 
walking into your room like I got a beer and you're there like having your moment. And I'm like, Bro. dude, it was so good. You were just like, he just pats him on the back like, what the Oh, what is going on? Yeah. My, my character's just having a traumatic breakdown. Like, what is happening to me? Just like, uh, I'm just they're there, buddy. They're I'm, there, there. I'm there, like in my head, like my my head, just pulling the straws, trying to figure out what I'm gonna say. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I gotta help this man. So, speaking of that, yes, I know. All right, uh, come back to me. I need to figure out what the hell's going on. I'll tell you this. <laughs> yes, Larissa, he's so old now. Seabass, who was your first character? Who was your last character? Um, I wish I could say my first character was Kyber, but he wasn't. I played prior before that with a group we called ourselves the Husbands of a little bit. Um, and I believe it or not, I played a uh, human rogue at that. Um, yes, Galadad, we love it. I feel like you love rogues. Like, I'm gonna it, get to the I'm gonna get to that question of like who's like who's it, got their favorite classes. I know. I love rogues. Even you yeah, love, I, I, I about, played my rogue for the first time and I dug it. I mean, it's swashbuckler, so it's literally. We up love now. rogues. Yeah. I won't lie, we love rogues. But Tommy loves an inquisitive rogue, and then this one just loves and all thieves. rogues. Rogue and but but here's the thing though is that the two characters I play between Kyver and that first character they're so opposite on the spectrum mm-hmm. because when Tommy approached like yeah you could play on um, this person and all that I just I like to credit Kyver as my first because Tommy let me run free reign with him and I was like oh I want to play the bad guy I want to be a heel I want to I want to wasn't was wasn't like, the requirement that you just needed to give him a reason like a reason for like oh, why like a, he's doing like what a he's good, doing. Good, good reason, not a campy reason. Right. Yeah, it was it wasn't anything campy because um I going on different shows and telling people about the podcast, and I told them, like, listen, like Dungeons and Dragons is a great writing tool, it's a great creative tool, it's a great character tool. And um, what I didn't get to do with the first character, I got to do so much more with this one, Kyver. And it was when Tommy gave me free reign on that to deep dive of why would this character do the things that they are doing? And it, it it allowed me to respect a lot of like what, you know, people go through with trauma and everything, because um, like by this time, you know, the, the character you can sense, he has gone through a lot of trauma in his life. And, and, and it's like, you know, he just, it's one bad day. This guy's had one, like a bunch of bad days and right. it was playing off of that. And then at the same time too, um, was playing off of how people treated him because the way you guys were treating him at the time too, it played into how he was acting towards ahead, everybody tone, as well. Tone, go ahead, really? Really? <laughs> no, it, really? That's what we're going we with? Play that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, how, how, how we treated him. How no, we it, treated him. <laughs> Reason. You guys need to listen to the podcast. I'm sorry, no, it is. listen to the no. podcast. Yeah. No, it yeah. was all wait, 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 talk about <laughs> Atlas. You're not even in our games, but you have listened to the first few sessions. I've, I've listened to the first episode. I keep, I, I have to apologize because I keep getting skip sidetracked to like the bench. Skip, but just but, skip to seven. They go through the death house. Like, yeah, that's all you need to know. They barely make it out alive. What I remember is they basically they handcuff this man to somebody else. Is that am I right? They like yes. yeah, like yes. they handcuff. So that's why I'm sitting here like yeah, you guys. No offense, you did him dirty. Like no, you handcuffed him. No 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 no. Thank you. I don't know. I don't know if you're lost in the sauce. 
Oh, your, no, no, no. Or your, okay, no. Your he mixology toxications you... or some shit. Okay, it no, was no, justified no. because <laughs> this man tried to steal from the people who took us oh, in for the okay. night. Yep, yep. And no, rolled but... a natural one because he Why got greedy. Why did I have that mixed up with um? Oh, oh, what's what's Turt's Kenku? Why did I have oh, that mixed Atros. up with? Atros. Why did I have Atros mixed up with Kyver? Atros was the one who was who okay. Them. So oh, you, 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 you were okay. almost there. Almost there. All right. I thought it was okay. No. So, okay. So, so no, justifiably cuffed him. Yeah. Seabass. plays <laughs> this story <laughs> that we were bad to him when all he does <laughs> is just no, 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 no. We react. We never met you. Oh, I never met you. The other group fucking fought some zombies with you, right? And then all of a sudden, you want to go and rob these people blind, and you had a chance to just be like, I, right, I'm good, and then you got greedy, and then we got caught. Yeah. He had... Is. He, what is it? He had the first caravan robbed, then he moved on to the next one, he and got tripped two. over a bunch of shit. two out of three. Listen, yeah. listen, listen. Have, yeah. If you haven't... Listen, you, you, you gotta go in all in, man, and you never know what's gonna happen. That's fine. It's like, it's like a dollar in a dream. You never know. But you can't blame us for your it wasn't more to blame the part because obviously, like, listen, let's let's not. Kyver was an asshole. So, he still is an asshole. So tell us about your second character. <laughs> My second character. Oh, not your second character. The latest character you've played. The latest character I played um, actually was in Turt's uh, was in Turt's one shot was uh, Juggernaut, and then um, Juggernaut actually Cuddles. We'll go with Cuddles. Because Cuddles was the latest build and was the latest character too. I got actually it was two characters, Juggernaut and Cuddles. Um, and <laughs> Cuddles was just as chaotic as you're gonna fucking get. Oh and it was just perfect. I mean, <laughs> this guy was wearing a pseudo diaper. Um, he's like, well, just to give you what Cuddles is, he's a Goliath barbarian that is like Lenny. Oh my god. <laughs> From Mice and oh, Men. Cuddles and, has my what, Larissa? Cuddles has my what? Why? <laughs> why though? And, and because Seabass you know, is pure chaos. Why That's though? definition has me crying. Yes. <laughs> All right. Cuddles was the de definition. And then we of have Juggernaut, who was a, uh, like, he was that? like eight foot, nine foot Warforged, he was like a barbarian paladin? Yeah, nine foot Warforged barbar paladin barbarian. And he didn't speak. He just let his he was very, he was very like him. one word, like one answer kind of person. All right, Tone, give us that second character. All right, so last character I played was last week from our session with Yun. I played my my barbarian Asuvius Dragonborn, who is a for all intents and purposes a fucking meathead, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, pretty much, it. pretty much made him like typical barbarian. I'm gonna beat the shit out of you with my axe, and that is it. Just and uh, you know, so he has he rages, and so like everyone has different kinds of rages. Uh, Tommy's one of Tommy's characters has a really funny rage. Um, but so his rage, I've been trying to figure out what I'm gonna do because he's not like the yelling type or something. He's more of a like a like a let's go get hyped up. Like, I don't know if you guys, if you watch like video game, watch video game streamers or something, like when they do like the, any little bit of thing, it's like, let's go. Then just like play up that you're getting all jacked up. And then like in between hits, like you need to be like, wow. Yeah. I am the hype. Yeah, 
We should all just do a one shot. We should do a one shot where we all play our barbarians and just rage. That's it. So you know, so like and like some things have happened. My wild magic. Yeah. So like some things have happened with Vesuvius. Um, that was really fun. We got into a situation with a bunch of owl bears. And I had a fucking negative one to animal handling. And I'm just here trying to like jump on top of them, trying to <laughs> wrangle them. I even named a baby one Bjorn. He was just like my boy. It was, it's a good time. I've written really, you know, he's the, I don't have a voice for him. It's literally like my government voice is a <laughs> It's just like, I have just a really good time uh, playing as him and not worrying about any of the moral quandaries that I have to deal with with Galahad. I'm just here for a fucking good time. That's it. <laughs> I think we saw Larissa's favorite class right now. <laughs> Atlas, give us your first and give us your latest. I, can I can I flip the order on you? Absolutely. All right. So <clears throat> I'm gonna start with the latest character that I that I played, or the second character that I've I've played or made was Riarius, and that was in Tommy's one shot uh, for one of the the chronicles, like the thieving jobs. Yeah, and, oh yeah, yes. and I believe he was he was like warlock and some druid warlock something like that something weird, um, but he was a satyr who had like just this thing with alcohol. Basically, he was like he's drunkard or his oh, patron was Dionysus yeah. or whatever else. Yeah, that. okay, yeah, and he he was he was he tried to be really smooth all the time, but he was really bumbling as far as it goes, and he was always sticking his hoof in his mouth, and I. I Really, really loved it. And he was a kind of a more um, distinguished kind of English uh, accent-ish. Um, and I was doing more things with kind of playing with, with Warlock and darker stuff. Because I normally don't do that. I love normally playing the upholder of good and, and all that is whatever. So I like being sly and slick and, and kind of more motivated by other things than, than it, I normally am. Okay. Um, and the reason Pardon why I want don't know who your warlock patron is. And yeah, I, that makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I have to, I have to revisit Riarius. Go for D &D so. for Listen, that whole D and D, D and D for boys is nonsense. I is. love, love watching like female players. I love watching like like the diverse like amount of players. It's listen, just for boys is nonsense. No, Larice, you kill it, Larice, with with, with Glad, and it, it was fun also too. Seeing can you we just shout out the last like RP session that Tone and Larice had that I can't wait to come out on like the podcast. Whoo, whoo! Oh, yeah. that's gonna be spicy. I share. I share. Actually, well, that was I actually shared with Tommy uh, with with Atlas my uh, recorded my recorded speech. Where... Yep. <laughs> nice. That was all. Oh. And and I, you guys I want touches. What happened? Oh, I was gonna say, did you hear the latest one with Hutch? Yes. Oh. The intro for, for the last one was pretty good. I thought so. Sorry. That's no, alright. All right, so Atlas, uh, the <laughs> first character now. Now I haven't. I I played as a kid, but I didn't necessarily have any memorable characters or sheets. So my first character that I got incredibly attached to is actually one that I'm currently using. And that would be as far as it goes. Oslo! Oslo! And so, Oslo Forgeborn is a magma genasi um, from a different plane. himbo energy. Yeah, and um, <laughs> the, the huge thing with him is he carries his, 
he it's really weird character with a lot of different moving parts and pieces but the thing to take away is that he carries around his fire genasi mother in the pommel of a sword that he wields that is his father's family weird. sword. That's no, it's not. not. No, no, it's, it's, not. it's typical. This you talk TNT. to your dead that's, mom that's, and a sword. It's listen, this is normal. Totally Do Freudian. Stuff. Totally Freudian, but totally normal. I have um, a flying cat. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, normal. And so he's a he's a forge cleric. He's magma because his father was earth and his mother was fire. And he uh, he's limestone toned with black hair. Somewhere I have bullets, uh, turrets, artwork of him mm. um but yeah he i absolutely love him and he can do weird things like thermaturgy his veins to glow and do all this other cool stuff um but yeah that's all right i got yay what's, what's up, up george? george what's going on hello george so, the, i have a question for you guys go ahead let's give george a shout out with him and cash the craze they have a new kickstarter out for cash the crazies issue three that's right yes um the next question is up for anyone who wants to take it because I don't know that this all applies to, to this applies to all of you guys. But what is the most value thing that you use for DD but isn't a DD related item? So when you say like an item, you mean like any sort of accessory for dicing? So or for, like for that? me, Ooh. Dennis <clears throat> has left me the stress ball. And the stress ball has been the greatest gift he's ever given me for our D&D sessions. So that's mine. What would be you guys? If you have one. Uh, recently, I started using an Excel spreadsheet for Asufius. <laughs> <laughs> because all the fucking damage numbers are too goddamn much. I've got if statements and nested if statements to do everything I need <laughs> him to do with checkboxes and everything. So that has been uh, helping me slightly cut down on calculator time. Because mm. we know Tone loves his calculator. Let me I bring up my calculator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else? Um, One note, I yes. usually uh, listen to... Tommy, do, do, oh, you use Evernote, right? Uh, OneNote, yeah. OneNote, okay. Yeah, OneNote. <clears throat> uh, I... I listen to playlists based on the campaign or the character, either I'm playing or running. Like, there's, a, I got a mood I have to be in to do collateral damage as opposed to playing in turrets or whatever character I'm playing. So, that's usually what I do. So, just playlists. Piggybacking off of that, what is the most valuable thing for the end of the day? Yes, very unhealthy snacks to stay awake. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we are notorious for snacks in, in that in that, <laughs> in that campaign, in all those campaigns. Yeah, yeah. Um, piggybacking off of that, what is the thing that you do to get you in that headspace? So Tommy said he uses playlists to get him in the headspace for his characters or for, uh, upcoming sessions. Seabass, uh, what is something you do to get in the headspace of your character for upcoming sessions? I did think about like the that week, what happened in the last session, and I run like maybe like a bunch of different scenarios in my head because i know um after talks with you tommy turt um tony just everybody who plays like nothing goes the way that you plan for it to go so i'm like okay i just expect stuff to go south so i'm like what would the character do in this situation and i'm just trying to picture it in my head like the the whole thing when um when I approached Glad in one of the episodes um, with a fun little weapon, and that was like you know the different ways it was playing in the head. I'm like, if it goes this oh, way, oh, and you needed way. help. Yeah. 
Yes. And oh, it was fucking man. hilarious, but it played for a moment. So it's like, I just, I don't know. I just try to prepare to be in that headspace with that character. Like, you know, when I'm thinking about um for the other campaign, Miz, I'm just like, okay, like, what would this fucking um, um, schmuck do at this point? Like, you know, like, how is he in, and, and just... You know, just trying to prep in that head hair space, and mm. um, also beer. Beer helps. You know, it helps that most of your characters drink. Not most. Like, Juggernaut doesn't drink. <laughs> most of your active characters that you play, but yes, <laughs> Juggernaut, I would imagine doesn't drink. Well, well, with soap, soap was fun because soap. I just, I just literally just thought of like you know, like what would a you know a a crazy like. It's a uh, little goblin sound who's like, you know, working with a team and all that and just, you know, come out that way. And I, know, I remember telling someone, like, trying to prepare for the character. I was like, well, how is the character going to sound? And it just worked perfect. I was like, okay. And it's not to be trolly today, but it's instead, this is just, I don't know, I hear different, I have voices in my head. So I'm just letting them out. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. This is the perfect place for it. Uh, Atlas, how do you prep for uh, sessions? You're also um, you're also a DM, so like I want to hear, like how you prep for DMing versus prepping for as a player. Um. Oh man. So if, if they are different, eh, not. I I think playing is a lot a lot more relaxed as far as it goes. Um. I DM or I DM'd. It's current campaign's currently on hold for the Dogmite crew. And I would think of the overarching concepts and the storyline and where I wanted to go or where, how, how and where the characters want to go. Because the players would share with me aspirations for their characters. And then I would be like, okay, well, let's see how I can crack that open. And who, how does the balance of the spotlight go this week? Because it's a, it's a big party as far as it goes. Uh, so where, how do I kind of balance this out? Who's the centric character? Yeah. And so that was that was what I was I would think about on that. Um, oh man, on that front, playing, um, I sit down and I try to improve Oslo's voice. I actually sat back and and would like think of how can I make this because I have I have it in my head. I'm like how and it doesn't sound anything like he sounds to me. But how can I make it sound more true to to what's in my head? Like like. Uh, said like Seabass was saying, how do I, how do I let that out? So, you know, so, we got, oh. you know, well, before yeah, we got, you know, we gotta give a lot of credit to too is uh, Doc for playing a lot of NPCs now because he's just Yo, his role play is just pretty. Doc is spot. going through the roof, man. <laughs> shout out to Doc, man. Yeah. Shout out, to, shout out the whole squad. Like I, I would honestly say, starting out to where we are now as players, DMs, and like everything in between, like. I knew we were talented, but guys, whew, good job to everybody. High fives all around. Yeah. Uh, yes, all that. <laughs> Tone, how do you prep for games? Um, so it depends. So usually kind of, you know, either when we first started playing, it was getting all my links ready and kind of just like knowing everything I needed to know and having all my stuff together. And and then kind of getting me in the mood would be, you know, setting up my dice table and getting all my stuff together, putting it all together, setting up my dice, just kind of getting like that whole pre setup, just kind of getting me in the in the mood gets me, you know, like setting up my, my uh, player character and putting it on top of the, the Medusa's token that Tommy got for us and like setting up my, you know, Galahad on top of there and like, all right, cool, we're ready. Um, that was kind of what would get me going. And then if I knew I had to do something 
like big. So the biggest thing I've had to do so far, like obviously everything's been off the cuff. Right. Right. Um, but the biggest thing we had to do so far was in that moment when I had, when I said my, my speech to Vladimir in, in the tower, because to me, after I, after Tommy was like, cool, you can do this check. And obviously the check failed, but whatever. It was still cool. Cool ass moment. And had a really epic battle with this dude. You were close. It's not like it was like, so it's not like you rolled a two. Like you, I, know. I think you, you rolled like two shy or like one shy. No, no, I rolled like a, I think I rolled like a 12 and then when it's, it was like a 12 and then I had a plus seven. So it was like yeah. a 19, 19 or something like that. Okay. And the check was, was a 25 I, was a check. Yeah. I think you had to roll like a 18, 19 or 20. To, yeah, uh, okay. do it. yeah. So there was possibility, but like, I mean, yeah, it is. It happens. It we is, had yeah. a had a cool moment. It was an awesome speech. Yeah, dude. So, so hype. So you know, so for that, when I knew that I was going to be doing that for the campaign, I didn't want to rely based off off the cuff. Not because I don't trust myself, because there are times when we have like like moments, but it's more of those things where like you're talking and like you're thinking in your head, what do I need to say to keep this going? Yeah, and so like so that the cadence is right. And so the emotion is there. And it's not me just thinking of what I got to say and also keep that going, keep everyone entertained. So like writing that out, you know, like an hour, like two hours or so before and getting that ready and then sharing that with Tommy, making sure it looks good and then doing all that stuff. So like kind of just things like that were what I was, is what I try to do. Okay. I want to do a DM question for those who have DMs. What is a skill that you almost never use? Or make a check for. And I'll start with... Ooh, Atlas, go for it. I um, like that laugh. Okay, so we have... This This bears some explanation. Because the Dogmite crew has a character that has made herself the diva of, of everything that goes on. Her name is Catherine Regina Winthrop. And she <laughs> has, like, a natural 20 intelligence. It was insane or something like that. And it, we we homebrewed. We made a really cool class for her. She's a lore master illusionist who can bounce her spells off mirrors and stuff like that. And has, like, a pocket compact mirror familiar. And she's like, I want to do an arcana check. Now, whoop, hit pause right there. Because if you look at her character sheet, you're just like, there's no point in her doing an arcana check nearly because like mm. you look at you look at her modifier and just like well she's gonna find out like right so so i'm like all right catherine so we were we basically it's it's worked into her character that at that point it's just like well if catherine approaches it well i i either have to you know the big bad outclasses her in terms of magical knowledge and so she has to spend some time figuring it out mm-hmm. or i i give her like a tidbit and then it moves right along. So I I can't like crack open everything that's going on with whatever it is, but I can say like this is some high level magic. So like the the campaign, she's she's well suited to be stumped and challenged by that campaign, but it's never a waste for her. It doesn't feel like a waste for her to investigate with Arcana, kind of okay. deal. So like it's not necessarily that it doesn't get used, but it's like at that point, what's the use? What, what can figure? What can, okay. How do you, how do you stump a teenage prodigy spellcaster who's just like ah, you know what I mean? Like, and what do you give the character to make sure it stays interesting even on a fail check? Because she's an inquisitive character, she mm. wants to figure things out. So giving tailoring to Catherine, but the the answer is Arcana, but it's because it's it was tailored around Catherine to a great okay. deal. Uh, Tommy, what's a check that you almost never hear yourself say? 
Well, we haven't had the opportunity really for more than a couple like nature checks or survival checks, but really the ones that we haven't used yet, and mainly because I guess no one decides that they like everyone wants to just kill everything. They don't want to see what happens. So medicine checks almost we almost never do medicine checks. We have three clerics in our party and a druid, and the druid heals more than the three clerics. That's fair. <laughs> That's also fair. Oh, <laughs> uh, Seabass, you do an interesting thing with your checks. You you don't really leave it towards a, a d20 roll. Explain that for real, real quick. So uh, what was that, the method behind that? Method behind the madness? Um, the method behind the madness, I, I wanted to leave the story as random as possible. And I was just like, it would be interesting with using the various different dice to hope with the story because it's kind of like it's kind of like this it's like um you know like an anthology we're all writing st- a story together and that's how i took it was like we're writing the story together um i don't want to railroad anything that we're gonna leave it to chance we're gonna let the dice decide and that the dice decided um we're gonna go with that and it was also too i got the idea from just thinking how to approach with the uh boot camp scene that i did for you guys um mm. because um you know having to i i i was thinking about it thinking about it leaning up to the game i was like you know i didn't want you guys to have to keep rolling all these crazy dice rolls to figure out if you made this check or not because it was like you know i i don't feel like that's going to be progressively fun because we're kind of like doing the same thing over so it'll be like to take chance to help with overall story so it's like yeah let's roll a d6 if you get an odd number guess what's going to happen with the odd number you're going to fail if you roll an even number you you did great and it just it made for interesting gameplay because now it was trying to get the player involved and and i mean there's a there's a higher threshold of, of success versus a d20 where there's a very slim margin of success depending on the dc yeah, and it's and it's like listen, this is a character that you're building, and I wanted to do that, and it, and again, it gave me a lot more respect too for like Watami, Turt, um, and all the other DMs, Atlas, which being a DM because there is a lot of work, um, being involved as a DM, you all, um, everyone who's been a DM, um, and I was just shuffling through sheets and shit. Like I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's so much work. But mm. at the end of the day, it was like more about when i was doing that is like i just want you guys to have fun that's it run with it however you guys want to run with it It, it's and it's like we're getting together doing a collaborative story but at the same time just having fun um playing characters and you know let's go that was it all right keeping in line with skill checks for me the most unique way i've seen a skill check be used was one of my characters got blackout drunk tommy remembers this very well and i had to roll a history check to try to remember the nights uh uh, of the the events of the night's past so what is the most unique skill check that you've seen or had uh done and i will start with tommy Way to throw a curveball. I mean, like, all of my skill checks are unique. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, I think unique, I don't know, but I guess maybe if it's cool. Or if uncon- I unconventional. A bit. Uh, I mean, like, it all depends on the DM. I think the ones that were, have been, like, the most exciting, especially when we first started out, were the – and I think they still are when, when it happens, is, are the competing dice rolls to do things mm-hmm. when you guys are both 
instead of saying instead of me picking one or the other, it's like <clears throat> fucking roll a dex check or roll this check or roll the, whatever it happens to be, and like it drives the story. So like the the whole that uh, Amber vaults that whole thing, just that simple wisdom check. Fuck the Amber Vaults, by the way. Fuck that mm. place. <laughs> that was rough. Oh my god, that was so bad. That was so good. It was awesome. That was good is debatable. <laughs> Tommy was good. As a story, it was, it was well, as a story, fantastic. it's beautiful. But oh man, I, I didn't want. For those tuning in, not familiar, what does a DM do? Ooh, Tommy, want to take that? Uh, we're the narrator. We get to know the places and the customs, and we play all of the not really super important characters or side characters. You know, the players are the main characters, and it's their story. And we're just basically narrating it for them so that they can, uh, so the story can unfold however it unfolds. Okay. Atlas. Yeah. That same uh, unique skill check question. What is like? What is a unique so, skill check to what, me? Or? So like, like, what's one that you've had to use? Like rolling a history because you black out drunk. Like, what what would be one that you can remember if you have one? Um, my players, uh, I have a really weird campaign setup. So because it's such a large party, players can't if players can't make the session, we have them zip out of the out of existence kind of deal. Okay. Real quick, it's it's longer, but this is the short version of it. And they go to the Carcosian plane. And so they've tried to roll to remember their memories from the Carcosian plane when they're not in the main campaign. Because I've had a players of entire like an entire party of players that like zipped away, and then the next week they're they're the same the same people that were gone for the week prior or something like that. So I'm like, okay, mm. let's play you guys on the Carcosian plane where you're characters disappeared to mm-hmm. and but the the caveat is, is when they return to the normal like the thing going on they don't remember and okay. so they've been trying to figure it out so the most interesting checks i've had are the ones the most unique checks i've had are the ones where they're trying to piece together by like leaving each other like leaving messages for one another like i think one of them uh carved a message they were all allowed to carve a word on a staff one of the um familiars carried or something like that and so they all had to like do investigation and like try to like pierce the veil of whatever memory magic was in place to figure out what was going on um and so that's the most unique thing as far as it goes i can't remember what skill exactly but that was like i was repurposing like uh history or investigation or something to have them all try to figure out the the puzzle pieces so i like that that's dope yeah very unique mechanic see basto you guys got one one that you can remember of just like, how in the hell is this going to work? Everything that Kyver does. <laughs> That's my answer. It's like, how does he fucking make To be text? fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, listen, I, <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it, I can it, tell you how I make the checks. It's, go go if, for it. If me as a standard rational human being questions something that he's doing or saying to either me or that I'm watching him doing, I'm going to request some sort of check for that. Like, okay, so you're going to, you're going to sneak away from the eight other party members that are all looking around. And you just said it. You didn't like type into me saying that you were giving off. You say it out loud. So 
you now have to roll high enough in order to say, yeah, none of them see me. None of the eight other people that are looking around see me. And I don't know how he makes it sometimes. (laughs) You do, I mean, you do have high stealth. Uh, Your dice dice just don't always agree with you. (laughs) Like, there's a difference. All right. Favorite NPCs now. I'm going to start with Tone. What's what's your favorite NPC that you've encountered so far? Um, I would have to say in Turt's campaign is Volseer the blacksmith. That is my favorite NPC. Um, so when we first got to him, because it was like a really quick sort of thing, and I don't think Turt like built out his personality yet. He just seemed like a really grumpy. Uh, crap. Uh, skip me, please. I'll be back. <laughs> no worries non-playable character is what an npc is so uh a non-player character, non-player yeah so i'm sorry that, that, yeah, that's the game the gamer in me non-player characters essentially the uh the dms are the ones who control those characters for the narrative um seabass who's your favorite npc so far my favorite non-player character is going to be chico Chico. Chico. That's it. It's how do you beat Chico? It's, <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's like, I mean, this guy, it, 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 I feel like Chico's he so lovable. Be with I feel like Chico would be that guy standing next to Jay and Silent Bob in front of the quick stop, just it, like a D&D version of the quick stop, yeah, just man. chilling with them there. Oh, um, right on. And yes, yes, yes. And Chico, yo, if you guys, oh man, if you guys stick along with uh, the Bruce's Cascade, I think Chico should be coming up very, very soon. In the next couple of episodes. Oh, it's going to be so good. Do um, you, guys, you guys have a link to Medusa's in the in the description? We do. Yeah, we do. All right, cool. It's, All right. If you, go, if you go right under to Tommy's, I am T, um, Thomas TBG, the Medusa's Cascade link is right there under Tommy's description on the guest. Ah, Atlas, favorite NPC you've you've encountered? All right. Um. Oh, I've encountered, or I I've feel done. bad for feel bad for the dude with the shovel, though. IRL. <laughs> I mean, that uh, we won't get it. We won't spoil it. But yeah, that's a lot of uh, shoveling they had to do if they did. <laughs> Tommy, don't look at me like <laughs> it's so bad. So yo, know, sometimes we're murder hobos, and it's just so bad, so bad. Um, Sometimes, all the time. <laughs> Atlas, continue. Yeah. Uh, NPC oh, so. that you've encountered or you've or you've uh, you've made either one. All right, I'm gonna go with. I, you guys are doing. You guys are covering like the spitballers and the NBA and stuff pretty well. So I'm gonna go back, circle back to Dogmite, and that would have to be that would have to be Hastor or not Hastor. Um, Haysha. Heisha the Shepherd, who is a supplicant of Hastor. And basically what happened is one of my necromancer uh, players found a book that was alive uh, who had the first uh, supplicant or the first shepherd of Hastor, the king in yellow. And that was back when he was a benevolent god. And so what ended up happening is he summoned a familiar from this book and he goes like, hey, uh, what's going on here? Like, what's your name? Well, my name's Heisha. I'm the first shepherd of Hastor. Hi, nice to meet you. Kid, what are you? What did you do to me? And he basically, he brought back this really wry, um, uh, yellow tunicked shepherd, a skeletal shepherd with with a crook. And Heisha is like, I don't know what's going on here, kid. And he he served as a DMPC, 
um, like a DM, like expositionary character. Right. And so there's there's a necromancer in the party named Zirian. And Zirian used his ability. He's like a, a fate zero summoner. He can, if he has an article from somebody, he can pull them out of time to bring okay. them to him. And he uses that for necromancy. And so, so Zirian brought Haisha back and then he serves as like, like Skelly from Hades. That's his okay. whole, that's okay. his whole vibe is like, Hey kid, come on, let's go. Like what's going on here? Like, you know, I, I don't, Oh, I don't know, kiddo. Or like, he's kind of like a mix between Skelly and Philoctetes from, from Hercules okay. kind of deal. It's like, that's his whole, that's his whole shtick is, is high nasal voice, Brooklyn, Boston accent, kind of going like, ah, kid, what the hell's going on? What you managed to do now? Like, you know, that kind of deal. Amazing. And, and yeah, so, um, Haitia is probably my favorite. Uh, and he's always, he's always getting the shaft, always getting mistreated. Uh, and always get it's just really really funny to play him and to i have to the one of the campaign comes off hiatus that's probably the other character that i'll be really excited to dig back into so nice. yeah galadad is back i was gonna get back <laughs> galadad galadad you, you ready oh my god man it's rough tonight um <laughs> yes so talking about volseer the blacksmith uh dwarf from uh turret's campaign yeah so he came off as like really rough and gruff and like didn't want to deal with me and didn't want to deal with atlas and was like get off my fucking lawn and shit like you know <laughs> i'm like dude I'm, i need i need my axe to be fixed like you gotta fix this shit uh yeah. and so but he once i think like two weeks pass uh after he takes my axe i'm like you know i pass the check and i give him the stone all this other stuff two weeks pass and turt finally gets to flesh him out and he is just this whole different character <laughs> who has this whole personality uh, personality that i just really really enjoyed and kind of dug with and like how he knows a lot of stuff he knows about like my character he knows about asuvius's mother and like all this other stuff he's kind of a perv you know it's like a whole <laughs> it, yeah. it's a whole it's a whole to do and he's like just really like rough grumble like salt of the earth working working the metal <laughs> uh but he's a really really cool really cool uh npc that i really uh i really enjoy and then i also enjoy um strad i like when tommy Ooh. plays strad and i think you know one of the one of the things i've read uh about some of the d about the module villains is that you don't really see them or they don't really interact with the party too much they're kind of just there in the fog and kind of that's it but what's really cool about strad is that strad shows him shows himself to the party because he's all big shit like I've been doing this for centuries. So mm -hmm. I'll talk to you and tell you my, and tell you, and just, uh, you know, you know, so full of hubris and all that. And like Tommy just plays him so well. So I really enjoy our, our, our interactions with him. Um, so it's kind of, I it's will say cool. Tommy makes a great villain. Yes. Yeah. Tommy knows yeah. how to play a great villain. So does Turt. Uh, I got a hand to the page fool. I hate that guy in both, both campaigns, but Constable is so high on my shit list. Tommy, who has been your favorite NPC? Would it bereave you to know that the constable is easily my favorite NPC to play? Of course it was! The constable and Rick have been my two absolute favorite Ooh. ones to play. Oh, man. Mainly just because Fucking it, was, it was close. It was very close to the best. And it was... What's the best way to put this? It was... It was integral to the actual story. Like I, I enjoy playing Strahd, but like Curse of Strahd is just sort of the get you guys going on whatever you you know for you guys to learn 
the mechanics of a game and learn how to role play and find yourselves as a team. And so like something that I made and affected you guys so much. And like when you guys were like, I fucking hate that guy. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> good, good. You were supposed to hate him. I didn't want to I didn't want to feel like a fucking like sadist. I was like, okay. Like I don't have to do that again for a long time. So okay. okay. No, but he's he's super fun and Rake was also very fun. The the you see the head shake from Tone? Do you see the head shake? And from Tone? and I will say that uh Alyssa helped me with that storyline because I was gonna do something different. And she's like, No, you gotta do it like this. I'm like, you know what? You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, we're doing that instead. If we hate someone, we are absolutely doing something right. Yeah. I'm just saying Rig really, you know, got Galahad really pissed off. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I want I was trying to push your buttons. I wanted you to lose your temper. Oh man. All right. Just needed that pass from Shanks and it just would have been probably would have had a probably would have had to talk with Bahamut after that. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I just love the walking walking out of the room and just saying, weakness. Dude. Oh my god. I was explaining that to someone the other day and they were just like, damn. I don't blame I you. It. Yep. The fact that you, the fact that I got our our paladin to want to murder this chick, I was like, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we had her subdued. Like, out, of, like... out of combat, like it wasn't like because in combat, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It, it it is what it is. But once like subdued in whatever fashion, and it was funny because after she got subdued, I had texted Law and I was like, bro. I was gonna end her life. Yo, and I told him, I was like, I was like, me and you both, like, dude, yo, me and Toad have never been so in sync until that moment, dude. Just remember, if 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 you you rolled higher on that fucking on that initiative, yeah. Yeah. If you hadn't, if you hadn't, I had sneak attack. So that would have been so wild. Yeah. I, it's not even that I rolled higher. I rolled the natural twenty. Plus my initiative, like or, or whatever you said, like roll off, mm. and I was like, "Holy shit!" That yo, yep. I can I this, add that I, if you I, guys do not have a stress ball for your D D sessions, go get one. Especially I, if you have DMs like Tommy and Turk. Can I add that I was happy that it wasn't Kyver causing the shenanigans at that time? Of course, you were happy. <laughs> you were in your room. You you went. You peeked that. You were like, "Oh, they, they're fine," go, and you went back to your room. Go, go back to reading my book. Dude, yeah. the, reason, the reason we had three sessions in the freaking tavern after this whole thing was because of not only what happened with Rig, but also what happens with Kyver afterwards. <laughs> so much, so much to uh to see in these next few episodes of Medusa's Cascade. All right, the last question I will leave you guys on is what has been your best memory so far? Either you know a favorite moment, one that shocked you for your own RP session, um, a combat that was really cool and, and you know a great finish, or a DM bombshell that has just rocked you. Uh, I will start with hmm. who's my first victim, Tommy. There's been quite a few of them, um, especially the bombshells. Uh, pretty much that episode where I had you guys open the box for one one reason or another, it was a bombshell, and uh, it was the first time a lot of you spoke about what actually happened to your characters. 
Okay. I was not all of you. Some of you had already were, were very open about it, but mm. it was a turning point for a lot of people at that point. Especially and Galahad. Same with Galahad too. Like everybody had it, that was like right after, <laughs> right after the like ritual murdering of each other for the constable's pleasure. Oh yeah. my god, that was so rough. Why Kyber and Sirius gone so far after Glad just for say how she loves y'all? Yo, <laughs> that was actually mm. a good moment though. Yeah, um, again, competitive. The, I missed the you, roles. Put, you. Put up Danny's comment before this. Yeah, uh, put it, what, put what, it what was, it's always scary when you roll a twenty in the DM. Still ask for the modifier. Yes, yo, Danny, Danny. I was like, I got this. He was like, What's the modifier? I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Because so, so, so yeah. for context, he literally said, "Roll a deception check," and I said. Fuck you mean roll a deception check? Like I'm I'm running with like blades out to, to this chick's throat. Like, what you mean? And he said, roll a deception check. I was like, okay. And then he goes, now give me your uh give me your initiative and I'll, or, or or dexterity, like a dexterity, like a contested dex uh check. And I, I passed and I was like <sighs> stress, stressed. Um <laughs> a, lot of stuff, a lot of stuff happened right before that moment. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When I can't wait for that to come out. Like I was excited for the constable arc, but that rig arc, chef's kiss. Still, um, it, it's a constable arc. So yeah. Yes, <laughs> terrifying, terrifying. Sea uh, bass, what you got for me? Um, so give me the question again because I'm like I said, favorite moments. Favorite moments. One that shocked you for your own RP. Uh, combat that ended in a great fashion or what have you or a dm Sorry. bombshell that rocked you actually i loved um was the boxing opening like tommy said that was a feel a great moment because um at this point i felt like that snapped something in, in my character's head kyver and if you notice it was at that moment when he opened the box he was going really crazy and off the rails at that point um, and I, again, I love for the fact that it was an actual box that Tommy sent us, open it up and it had something to do with the letter for, for Kyver's pass. And I was just like, dude, that was just so fucking, it was so fucking epic right there. So I was just like, dude, just, just what Tommy did with that. And we got it, handwritten letters. Like, <laughs> listen, Tommy went above and beyond for that session. And we were just like, can we open the box now? Can we open the box now? Yeah, it was like this. You you get the box. He goes, okay, open. Because he said, don't open the box when you get it. So it was like, open the box, open the box up. And then you pull out the letter. And it's like, holy shit. Like, what we all, fuck? I think we all like started to read our letters. And then like, we were like, nah, we can't like read. Just, yeah, no, Tom was read. like, what the fuck is this? Oh, right, read. Yeah, I forgot. Y'all could read yours. <laughs> uh, Atlas. Oh, good, good. Oh, yeah, but that was the, that that to me was a great <coughs> interactive moment right there, and it allowed for even to add more for character development. Which again, thank you, thank you, yeah. Tommy. Uh, Atlas, what you got for me? The one that stands out for me was <laughs> Oslo's moment with the fool after he broke I know, because mm. he we were having this monologue that came out like the Batman and Joker monologue kind of deal mm. because I Oslo does not like the patron fool at all thinks he's like what he believes he stands for 
And either way, he was like, basically, Oslo was injured and the Fool was giving him a pass. Like, the Fool could have just murked Oslo right then and there, yeah. honestly. And Oslo had this fake bravado on. And he's bas- he goes, when, when one day we do, you know, when one day we do clash, you will have all of me. Or something to that effect. And Oslo keeps up this face and then the Fool walks off through his portal like, like Kuragiri out of My Hero, whatever else. And then Oslo just like, lets it all go and is like... I need to change my pants and like whatever else because he's like oh boy like he's yeah. gonna he plans on doing it but he put on this bravado of like oh i'm i'm totally going to just i'm going to murder you when i'm back at full strength and when we're actually equals like you are going down and i yeah. love that whole drawn out monologue they had against one another with especially oslo just took his finger and pinged it off one of the cheeks of the patron fool like Bink. just like because that's all i could do that's all i could he was like he's gonna i'm gonna make myself as big and threatening and and i'm gonna make myself a big promise i have to fill one day and, boop. and <laughs> that was my favorite moment all right tone wait dad couldn't read his oh, so <laughs> so explain why you couldn't read yours and then you can go into your favorite moment why explain when i can show oh oh boy so, you know, that meme where it's like that kid from, uh, it's like, oh, you guys got stuff? Yeah, it was like, you know, everyone <laughs> opened it. And I was like, y'all got letters? I got a cipher. Yep. What? I got a cipher. And I get one of those easy ones, like a Cesarean cipher, and the ones I can look up on Wikipedia or some shit. I got the uh, transpositional <laughs> cipher, and like, I just could not figure out for the life of me. I made an Excel sheet. I did a whole fucking thing. I needed insight rolls to do it. Anyway, it was cool because that you know, was my had, fault. Totally went over. No, nah, it's all it's all good, man. It's all good. It's cool. You know, it it's adds it adds, it adds to my frustration as a fucking character because look, I, <laughs> I spent fifty years talking to my patron and didn't know it was him until I got out because of fucking shit perception rolls. So like, it's very yep. much to the character of me getting frustrated with with things. Um, yeah. So for me, my moment is I mean I've talked about it a couple times now is the Vladimir battle. Um, the speech was fucking dope, and the fight uh, was really dope. I mean, the fight between me and him was good. Everything happened afterwards was just like me, just like, I need help. I need help. Please help me. Knee <laughs> to the ground. Help like, me, falling, please. Like, just, uh, <sighs> um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but, like, fighting, it was pretty much me versus this giant revenant. Um. And it was, and like there were some checks that had happened yes, where, yes, uh, where everyone failed except for me and Law. And I think that probably much could have turned the tide of the battle because it was like a whole turn being lost and just going back and forth with this dude. Uh, Tommy was not hitting me, which was great, although he made up for it later on. Uh, <laughs> but um, man, did he! Yeah, he did. But when there was he some, dropped those dice. I was like, oh, there was, no. there, was some, there were some moments where it was just, you know, really cool going back and forth with this dude and like he, you know, taking out the final blow and he's like vowing that he'll see me again because that's what revenants do. And I'm like, well, whatever, fuck you. I picked up your sword. And I'm like, I don't care what the discussion is about the sword. This sword is mine by rights. So, you know, <laughs> it is it is what it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, we man. can go to the training ground if we have to, but I handed this thing over. <laughs> handing this thing over what? like yeah so uh you know there was a moment where i was like i was willing to push this dude out the window and jump out the window with him like there was a lot of moments that had happened with vladimir uh that were really cool uh and i think 
Asuvius should be up for one soon for one of his biggest character moments, whether he lives or dies, we don't know, but that will be a, uh, a fun moment in and of itself. Aside from like, you know, when I did the hail Mary and did the thing with the Makula box, um, Oh man, which was, yeah. you know, which, which is really to save everyone and not being a meathead, but really kind of taking care of the party when I could have just was like, fuck it. I'm going to fight this here on my own, which I probably could have, but I was taking care of the party. <laughs> Yeah. You, you did what you had to. I, I wasn't even mad at it. Like in game and out of game, I was like, "Yo, you made the right move." Like, yeah, it was what it was. Yeah. See, <clears throat> Bass, where are we at with time? Just to make sure I don't uh, run too far over. No, are we're we... good. We could take a temporary intermission and come right back for uh, invincible. Are we, still, are we still waiting for Val? Um. Yes, we are. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. I'll leave with a fun question then. Um. How do how does everyone buy dice? So I know everyone has their has their methods and madnesses. For each PC, do you have based on necessity, like more D20s or more D6s? Or do you just like to get all the shiny math rocks that go clickly clack? And I will start with Atlas, because he made the most dice goblin-y face out of all of you. So so I actually it's a weird thing. Um I have two that were given to me because I did a special project at work where I was overseeing it and therefore I needed them for what I was doing. Um, it was for a, a dice company that had commissioned a custom dragon sheath for from us. Uh, Zipsy, I can't remember. It's I think it was like for Black Oak Games or something like that. Um, and so he has these oversized dragon dice. And so that's where I got these. Um, the metal one came from Teammate of the Week. And so I have a metal set. This set I've had since I started. It was one of the first sets I've had it kick around for years, and I just mm. I have it. And then lastly, the one I'm most proud of, um, and it was probably a vote of faith for uh, to me uh, from somebody was my boss, uh, Michael Konis, and he did the prototype when we released these the Dragon Glass uh, sometime last summer, and he I gave out. So I don't buy dice. I normally have them given to me or I have that as the long and the short of it. But he gave out maple prototypes of these dragon glasses to everybody. He's like, play test them for me because I know there's a company game going on. And I, and my coworker at the time, uh, Woody, came up to me and he's like, oh, those are really cool. I wanted to try one. And I handed him my maple, proto my, uh, maple prototype. And the boss sees me, walks over and gives me this full of his personal dice set and the ice blue in brazilian rosewood and i'm like what the hell and he's like here take this one you you get this one so i have this one i've kept it near and dear to me um and it came with that that ice blue set so these aren't these aren't one that i would even buy for myself but they have meaning because uh, my boss has been a great mentor to me and so i i keep them hanging around uh and i keep them in the awesome prototype he gave me so yeah. wow so what's up um yo when we are kept the patience i don't know what yes from the hags hut um, tommy uh go ahead some of them i use for specific characters uh the rest of them usually i'll just pick ones that i know i've been rolling with lately that roll well but, okay uh, but outside of that if i'm buying them it's just if they look if the math rocks look shiny. I want them because they do clickety clack. Okay. 
I like it. I like it. Tone. Um, so the first set I have, I have the first set from when we played in Seabass's house. Um, mm-hmm. like that first set, and then it got to a point where it was like, all right, I need some more math rocks because like this one rolling each dice one by one was killing the whole party too. Like I know mm-hmm. it was killing you guys. So I bought two sets from Etsy, and then I bought another set from a from a gaming company. Got like a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. and then at this point, and then I bought some set at the local game shop and where me and Seabass live. So now I'm in the process that I want. Uh, I kind of want specialized dice made from different materials. So, you know, wood or gemstone or something like that, just to kind of have them and use them for like special occasions and stuff. I've seen different things or I've seen the high variable dice, which like, I don't even know if we can use those, but they're pretty cool. Uh, this is a different bunch, bunch of different stuff. But now I, I don't need see the need to have like all these resin dice, but more so just having something specialty and made or something. That way it'll, I don't I like have to worry that. about it and I use it when I need to. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Seabass, take us home, brother. Take us home. Take you home at the first set. This is the first <clears> set. <throat> um, it didn't help that um, so you know, when it was living at home in the Bronx still, here is the last is this last set I got in the Bronx, which was from Blacksmith. So there goes the dice right there. Those are the metal dice. Then it didn't help that uh where we moved over here, there is a tabletop. So these are the cursed dice. That's what I call them because they don't roll. The um, dice so jail. We were, yep. And then I got this set, this 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 bad boys um that look very pretty. I I don't know if I fell in love with them, but look how pretty that looks. They oh, have the, a nice. Oh, little, those are the metal ones, right? Yeah, those are the ooh, second. Ooh. They're so pretty. I'm with I'm yeah, so, that. So I was, and that was funny because for Yun's one shot, I was using both sets of metal dice to roll for both characters. <laughs> and and thank you, Dave. Yes, the TikTok promos have been fun. And Larry, thank you. Thank you. That's cute. But yeah, I mean, yes. The episode. Take take it. Um, close it out, Law, and then we'll get into uh, the next. Thank set. you guys so much for joining us on this D and D episode. Thank you, Tommy, our DM, our brother Beard, our everything, and Atlas, our master craftsman, who is working out so much thank for you. us thank and you. does so much for us. We love you. Thank you guys for joining us on this D and uh, part of the show. Uh, I'm your boy, Law. Well, yeah. Oh, are we, are, are, we, are oh, we taking it away? Oh, we're, we're, we're just, we're, we're, we're we're going, just going right, we're just, into, we're just going right oh. into it. Oh, oh, so, Tommy, if you are staying, uh, no, no. You, no, you head out. He's so, Tommy, oh, uh, thank you for I joining need, us. Okay. We'll catch you later. We're, we're yeah. subbing in Tommy. Thank you, Tommy, for coming. Make sure you check out Tommy's links. But we're subbing in Tommy for V mac what is What's up? up hey guys hey. i got a cameo with simba too hello <laughs> all right are How we are gonna you? do a, a quick uh break in between or are we gonna jump right into it Let's i mean jump right, into it. Just jump right i need like five and i'll be right back is that cool yeah. 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 all right cool. i'm gonna be right back but what's up v how you what's doing going on what's going on good good um keep them busy <laughs> watch it did you guys check out jupiter legacy yet no, I've my, been watching on uh, so one watching. episode. I've been it's watching um, Shadow and Bone and a bunch of other stuff and uh, Warrior on uh, HBO Max. I am that's another one that I want to see. I am knee deep into Supernatural with me and my wife. That's kind of mm. been our that's been our our binge. That watch. lost me after a few years. <laughs> it, it was like yeah, we're after on, a few years. It was uh, it got a little bit much and I stopped. Like I didn't stick to it. Yeah, we're on season. Uh, uh thanks. We're on season nine, I think, a fifteen or something. Like we're we're almost. Oh there. yeah, you're invested. We're you're invested, invested at this point. We would love we love the Winchesters. I think we are a Winch pro Winchester. I don't think family. I got. I went that far in. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're we're on um what is it? Uh Stone and like Stone and Bone and um the the other show on HBO. Um what is it with uh the one that Josh Whedon wrote? From the Bronx. But you, um, mute, you muted law. I was like, yeah, she's from the Bronx. <laughs> Can you tell? Can you tell? Is it that bad? Oh. <laughs> it's a good thing. We Bronx recognize Bronx. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But um Oh, I also want to shout out uh our buddy Johnny, who got who has uh, his company don't uh, don't fucking care clothing brand, and I have his Ranger uh, shirt, and I bought a couple of other things. But shout out to Johnny Marcondes, who is an awesome photographer and artist, and I am wearing his shirt for today's session. Cool. Yep, Larissa's right there. We know Larissa. We love you, girl. We love you, girl. <laughs> We're all from the Bronx here. This is a, this is the Bronx panel. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, oh, but Tone, take it away. All right, so. We are finally getting to talk excited. Invincible on this yes. fucking show. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. Uh, I am so excited. Yes. So so I want to do it a little bit differently because uh, usually like with when we do our shows, Seabass kind of runs through the questions and we kind of go based on that. I kind of just wanted to have like an all out discussion about everything with some questions peppering in if like, you know, we get like a little bit of a lull, but I doubt that. Um, we've got eight episodes of awesomeness based off the... Robert Kirkman and Corey Walker comic Invincible art also done by Ryan Otley. And I've got to say, this has been a pleasant surprise. Oh, yeah, this is spoilers, girl. Tony, you got to do the thing. Tony, do the thing. All right, yeah. So we are talking Invincible. We are talking all eight episodes. I promise you there will be no spoilers past episode eight because i have read all 144 issues and in about i'm a week currently and a half. reading it's, i I've, 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 I've quite a few issues in i, and I can't I'm, wait the hype train is real oh my god seasons so two and three but i <laughs> promise you there will be no comic spoilers uh but they will be show spoilers from episodes one through eight so you Marlies, have been thank you for you, joining us today you have been warned. We're not going to say Tony Stark has died. We are going to say it was all of a lie. The fucking Vulture Mites are warriors and conquerors. I'm the man is that dude. All right. Is he that dude, though? Or yeah, he, he, he that boy? Right, um, he's that dude. He's that dude. He, he it's, It ain't Tenzin. It ain't J. Jonah Jameson. It is Omni-Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. So I wanted to have a discussion mm-hmm. about the show, what everyone's thoughts were, what they what they were kind of going into it, all the bits and pieces that we got, this kind of flip of the superhero origin story, and also you know what we expect in the future and what your predictions are, especially for the folks who aren't reading it, kind of just going along for the ride. So the first question, just to kind of get us all going, was what did you feel about the show? How did it surprise you? And were you expecting it? From from what we got from the trailers, and uh, we'll start with VMAC. Well, I didn't watch any trailers. I had no idea about the show. Um, it was just something I saw advertised, and I'm like, "What's this? Let me check it out." Um, and I, when I click on it, the first few minutes of the first episode, I'm like, "Why is this knockoff DC Justice League? What am I watching?" <laughs> Up until the last 20 minutes, and I could not stop. It was just so good and well-written and I I mean there were certain things I saw I predicted and I was right except for the part I could say ahead right yeah because we're spoiling it yeah. okay um up until when he said he w- didn't love his wife I thought one of the reasons why it was he because he loved his wife why he didn't know and he was hiding it that I was off by but I'm sure he cares I'm hoping um but 
I was obsessed from the very first episode and I did not stop. It, it was like a straight binge whenever I had any kind of TV time. Um, and as far as any, I didn't have any disappointments because I had nothing to expect. Um, it was it was good across the board, the writing, the action, the animation, uh, the boys in animation basically to me and it was just so good. And I have not seen boys season two. I will say that I have only seen part season one. Um, <clears throat> I'm now reading these issues of Invincible and I'm just saw something that blew my mind that I can't say yet, but uh, I'm really excited to see the rest animated. And um, it's kind of like the same excitement I have with when I watch my enemies and reading the mangas and seeing them come to life. Cool. We will yeah. say for the boys, because you uh, didn't watch week to week and you can get to binge, binging be would probably be a better experience for you. Season, yeah. I think season, I don't <clears throat> think the boys was meant as a, I don't think so. I think a lot of kind of, I think we all kind of agreed it just wasn't best for the week to week uh, drops. I think, you know, Disney plus has really honed in on the week to week episodes. Cause leaving you for a little bit more where I think uh, there were only a couple episodes of boys season two that were like, I can't wait for the next episode where it was gotcha. like, all right. Um, all right, well, I guess we'll we'll see. But you you know, watching it all, I think watching all eight episodes now, I think you'll get you'll it'll be way more entertaining. I know for me, I'm definitely gonna do that for when season three comes out. I'm just gonna watch all of season two and see if I mm -hmm. like it I like it better. Uh, but gotcha. yeah, uh, Atlas, question to you. All right, so like what? Sorry, <clears throat> what did you uh, what did you what did you what did you feel about the show? Um, was it and was it kind of what you expected? Like, what, were there any expectations that you had going into it? Because, you know, I know for me, this was oh. I never heard of Invincible. It was a brand new IP. I knew it was yep. a comic. I heard things about it, it being violent. And then when I started because I started reading it like like right before I started yep. watching it. And it was one of those things where, like the violence just comes and comes out of nowhere. It yep. feels like very like, you know, something. <laughs> and then there's a switch and then it doesn't stop. So kind of so that way for you. So I had to, I did saw things in advance. I saw it off Kimbo's uh, Facebook timeline. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh man, the, like I just kept seeing everyone talk about it. And, and I just mm -hmm. caved and I, I went and I binged it over a couple days. Um, now, what did it, what did it do that surprised me was how like the last episode, how unflinching because like normally you introduce a trope like that Ooh. of a villain who's just like absolute like dead set and and there's something that that shakes yeah. them at some point but it was only at the last second after he had like the death blow on on Mark when he had that that death and that was like all the way up to that one point was what got me and watching how just ruthless yep. it was was what was what really that got train me. scene oh my god good and that that was what broke kind of my because i did see all the tropes and and i saw them written throughout and i think the one thing that got me was the shock of they were going, they, they subverted Omni-Man at the last second, but it was how long it had to go on for and how to what extreme it had to go on for before they subverted it. Because you see his tears like flying off his face, freezing as he flies off into space. And you're like, he's going to be back. 
He's mm-hmm. emotionally compromised, but he was that unflinching until that second. That was that was the that was the shock for me. So cool. Uh Law. Uh ask the question one more time, just so <laughs> right. so, so, sorry, I had to, I had to, I had to refill funny. my water bottle. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. All right. So, uh, what were your, what did you think? Like, you know, kind of what you were expecting mm-hmm. from the show. Were, what were your expectations when you, when you first watched it? Uh, like, w- was there anything there when you got the trailer or anything like that? Like, okay. But, and, and you know, what you, what, you know, and what you thought about it. So, uh, I knew very, 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 very little about this going in. I think bare minimum going in um uh if anything and then mm-hmm. after watching that first episode because i was i was like all right they're gonna do like the boys mm-hmm. where like you know we get this fake superhero justice league universe kind of thing and i was like let's see how far this goes like all right cool 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 so that like ending where i was just like oh that's mm-hmm. what we're doing but I love I love a series that their first episode sets the pace and sets the tone of what's to come. So like watching it through where you kind of just get things unfolding, you feel bad for Mark because he's like, I'm invincible. This boy gets wrecked all the time. Every time. <laughs> and it's it's not even just physical trauma. This boy is like emotionally it's, and mentally tra- traumatized gets, at this point. Bro, now. it gets it gets worse. Oh man. So like it I, gets I feel way hard. worse before it gets any better. It gets so, worse. You, know, you have that. You have like Omni Man, who is this like like Atlas said, like this villain of a character who like we're all just waiting for that shoe to drop. I'm just like, when yeah. when is it gonna happen? Like, wh- is he gonna just lay out his cards and be like, "Fuck it, it is what it is." Did you guys it's see so it good. coming? So I, I knew it would happen. I didn't know how and when. And then when it did happen, how it happened, I was like, "Wow, that's what we're doing now!" Wow, no, it, it clicked to me that he was not. He was there for something else, like. Like they were like, oh, what if he was like um, mind and controlled right, or something right, like right. that? When the aliens who were like came in and they died, like they aged out. He when he goes out into their universe and he's like, Earth's not yours to conquer. I'm like, yo, he's here to conquer. That's when it like smacked me in the face. So and I suspected from the minute he started describing Viltrumite. And, and like in, in his home right, world, it didn't make sense. I, I, was, I, I, I was like, mm-hmm. this just seems suspect. Like, like this what's seems sus. Talking mad sus. So, so here was the two the two things that like, like even further that that uh that sus uh, notion was one he just marked everybody, but two how cold and calculated he was after that. Like mm-hmm. no empathy, no remorse. Like just. Yeah, nothing. like nothing. So you're there watching him describe like we're this and we're heroes and we're not. I'm like, nah, like you're here to like, and then you see them, then you see Mark on Mars, and like you see that interaction where they're like, Oh, you're a villager, my and then he's just like, I'm a good guy. He's like, No, you're not. Like that, and he's like, What is happening right now? Because in his head, he's like, I'm a good guy. Like, I actually I- gotta watch that back because I can't recall their their uh, reaction to their, Mars I, the Mars episode. Yeah. Essentially, Tone, correct me if I'm wrong. Their reaction to him hearing that he was a Viltrumite was like a little like apprehensive, like "Oh shit!" Like you're you're like we don't want to fuck with you. Essentially, 
Oh, the the Martians. Yeah, my I kind of I don't remember that. I remember I remember when he talks to Alan. Yeah, and Alan, and Alan oh. is like, and Alan's like, yeah, vulture? Alan's yeah. like you're a vulture. Yeah, because he's like these yeah. guys like rule countries. Like your plan is off our radar because we don't mess with you guys. Like it's like just not I happening. Don't know why, I don't know why I got that impression with uh, the Martians. Maybe I'm bugging out. Um, I'm reading where I'm reading at, and a lot. I went back to the beginning and reread it. So there's different things that in the books from where the show how mm -hmm. it chronicalizes. So it, like it's getting like blurred now for me. So it's harder. I'm like, wait a minute, did gotcha. that happen with the Martians? So I don't, I didn't catch that part. It was like the Martians well, wasn't it, really. It was yeah. They, they, moved, to they them. moved. They moved a lot of stuff around from like the from like the whole Martian arc. So like the Martian thing, it really just sets that. It sets the story arc of for something else of the astronaut who is taken over by those those little tentacles, right? Because they're a, they're a hive mind. So yeah. that's gonna be a thing that happens in season two yeah. or three. Stario or whatever. Yeah. Starro. Yeah. Something knock like off. That. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, I loved the series so far. Did not see it going the way it went. Well, let me not say, like, like again, like the train scene. Like, I did not see it going. So, so, so it's, I it's, love how they so made it more modern though, and compared yeah, to when you're reading the book, there's so many, there's so many things that's changed. Yeah, because I, I I want to read the comic now for this because like even watching it unfold, you have like a certain bar of expectation of like, all right, this is as, this is as far as it's gonna go. Like this is a threshold, and then it goes, no, we're gonna make you uncomfortable watching this. And like I was just like, yo, he is a yo, this man is a villain, like a villain, villain. Holy shit! And he's just there wailing on his son. Dude, I can make. I'll wait another seventeen years to make another one of you. I was like, "Yo!" I think they made that part more brutal in the show than in the book. Yes, that is cool. Uh, it, it, the, it, way, it the way he described more. him and his mother, where he was like, "Your mom's a pet." I was like, "The whole that whole Chicago scene, that whole yo, thing." So is, I know, it, I know. Yeah. You said you're yeah. hoping that he didn't really. <clears throat> I full heartedly believe that he believed that. Full like. I, I get it now. However, at the time it's happening, because prior to them revealing why, mm -hmm. I was having conversations with like coworkers and stuff, and we're like, I think he's there to conquer, but I think what subsided him from actually following through with the plan was he fell in love with the wife, ended up having a kid, and did the whole family thing. So it took away from his ultimate goal. However, for him them to say, yeah, his goal was still to conquer, but it wasn't, it was like a longer plan than that, that part I didn't anticipate. So and it was like I like that I can't predict it entirely, which kept me yeah. even more intrigued. Yeah. See, Bass, I'll let you take the next. Sorry. I'm a, no, that's good. I'm I'm gonna keep it short and sweet with this one. How I felt about it. Well, um, Omni Man treated that team like how we all wanted to treat uh the weeding cut. Um, so that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Val, your 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 sweater is awesome, by the way. I love the baby Yoda. Um, Grogu. Grogu. Yep. Yep. Grogu. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, there are those also, in this house that would still call him Baby Yoda. Yeah, Baby that's Yoda. It. That's it. <laughs> Listen, when they when Baby they name him Grogu, they 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 messed up. Even the toys um, are Baby Yoda. <laughs> so many people Yoda thought he was actually Yoda. Like I'm like, no, do you not understand the chronological timeline? It's oh no, that's those are the, you can't help those people. Yeah, we, no, <laughs> we know, but we know. there there was like I think a full three weeks where total like refused to call him Grogu. Really. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, he's Baby Yoda. Obviously, he's not the Yoda, but he's Baby Yoda. And Grogu just doesn't roll off the tongue like Baby Yoda. I love it. We have it on tape with the Mandalorian coverage. Um, <laughs> the second thing about the show, Omni-Man showed how all New Yorkers feel about the New York City MCA just by what he did. Um, wow. wow. Is that what we're doing? Is that your hot take uh, on I'm, I'm team Omni-Man with that. Let's go. Come on. Um <laughs> I mean, did anybody see the the Spider Man meme of Tobey Maguire Spider Man holding on the train and then he looks ahead? Omni Man holding Mark with the train coming at him. Best meme ever. Yes, crossover. And it's funny that have come out of this. No, no. What's funny about that meme? I'll, I'll find it. What's funny about that meme is that Invincible did do a crossover in the comics with Spider-Man. So that's why that re- meme is so freaking relevant. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. But um, no, I, I, I knew kind of what to expect with the show because I had heard about the comic Invincible. I had knew what was going to happen. I thought that was always an interesting take. Kudos to Robert Kirkman um, for creating the series. And I mean, I just love for the fact that we saw where they took it with animation where I don't think they would have been able to do it with a live action. Um, and I feel like it's introduced more people to this series. Mm-hmm. And it's people- I've been telling everyone. <laughs> yeah. And it's people, people who don't watch comics or don't know anything about it. And I mean, it's a great place to start and it's, it's definitely it also- takes it more. It, it, it also, it, what I want to open up, it also opens up that it's just more than Marvel and DC that is uh, that made exactly comics. yes, and it's also stuff. it's also a palate cleanse from the typical superhero stories that we've seen because the boys did that for us, and I was like, how are you going to be different from the boys? Because right. we have Marvel, we have DC, now we have the boys. How are you going to be like that complete like Listen. antithesis from from all three? And it really was like. Bet, say less. Listen, I'm going to show you exactly how we're going to do this. Listen, Homelander, Omni-Man, and um, U.S. Agent all walk into a bar. What's happening? I don't know. Omni-Man is the only one walking out. Omni-Man's walking out. I mean, like. Yeah. There's no, there's no, I don't. How do you take this guy out? There's no one. Oh, it's going to get so good. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Oh, Omni-Man. Yeah. So. (laughs) You know, so my so I didn't even know what the hell I was getting myself into with with this show. Like, mm-hmm. I heard all these things. I remember, I think uh, you guys, Law and Seabass, I think had watched it before I did. I was reading all these articles. I think Doc had said it's really good, and I was like, you know what? It was like ten o'clock in the morning. I was getting up. I was like, let me just start reading it because it's on comics Comicsology Unlimited, and I started reading it. I'm thinking, where's all the violence? I'm just reading this thing about this kid named Mark growing up, getting his powers. His dude has this, his father has this really cool mustache. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. Omni-Man. And then all of a sudden you hear about the Guardians of the Globe, aka JLA adjacent. And then you get, (laughs) and the way, the way the comic does it is fucking, it's fucking great. It builds up really well. Yeah. Character building is very good. Each page for that, when they all, when all the Guardians die. Each page prior is like them in a day in the life or what they're doing. So like, mm-hmm. like, and what we saw in the show in episode one is exactly how it plays out. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he kills them all. And then, I, and that's when that shoe dropped for me. I was like, oh, that's what they meant about this show being like really violent. And that was before Ryan Otley took over for the art because Ryan Otley's art is way more gruesome and graphic as you get further down, as you get further down the line. And so, my prediction was we knew that episodes one through three dropped, and I thought that the Omni-Man reveal was going to be on episode three to kind of give you that that cliffhanger hook to want to watch. 
and mm-hmm. I'm watching it with I'm, I'm watching it and then I see the guardians of the globe happen and I'm looking and I'm like they're gonna fucking do it <laughs> in the first episode in the first, in the first episode I'm the man's about to kill all these dudes I was like no, no. I'm like really they're gonna do it and then they and killing then is such it. a light way to put it. I know he destroyed them. <laughs> he obliterated oh them. It's 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 so much more gruesome in the animation than it is in the in the comic. Just seeing what he does and how he just smashes Red Flash's head, twists mm-hmm. War Woman, yep. chops off Immortal's head because that's what happens because he had to do that. Um, but just what he does to all of them, and I was just like, yo, this dude. This, I was like, I loved it. I was like here for, I loved every minute of it. I was like, um, this it's is an homage to, I think it made a point very early into show. This is not your typical comic book shit. Yeah. This is, it made a point to say, we are about to demolish what you know. Yeah. And, and that doing it in the end of the first episode, just set the entire pace. Yeah. And what I liked what they did with the show is that they let that mystery of who killed the guardians be like the, the story that weaved everything together. Mm-hmm. And then you had each of the other episodes kind of having their own little mini arcs and getting to the point with the Omni-Man reveal where it's, it's kind of like different, kind of the same, but it was just so powerful just seeing, seeing it happen on screen, seeing what they do in Chicago, because it's not as, vivid as it is in the com- in the comic it's just not you mm. see the destruction and all that but you don't you're not ready that train scene that's was for the show oh my god it's so good was, was just for the show that wasn't oh know, that wasn't in the comics no no no, oh. no there's a lot so in the comic books because it takes place what this was done what 20, 10 15 20 years ago now yeah i don't like, even know yeah it's like issue 13 or something but a lot of the stuff like pc things have changed certain things they won't say today like oh that's gay or, or like um you know there's a lot of little nuances that does change um mm. from the book to making it more relevant to today with okay. the show and it's definitely more graphic definitely more Gruesome and it's so it they animate it so well. Listen, yeah. all I have is a question is this is that what does Red Rush and Prince Alberon have in common? That they got their heads crushed. Oh my god. <laughs> so they both would, I mean <laughs> oh, I was wondering who's Prince Oberon Oberon. Okay, Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. I'm bad with names. I'm bad with names. Okay, it's okay. I get it. Yeah, they, it's a dialect. You kinda you spend so much time with him, you you know who he's talking about. <laughs> gotcha. I, I was a little lost. I wanna I wanna change his sea bass uh Bode art to I'm bad with names. <laughs> You're yeah. not wrong. Yeah. And like, and you know, and to VMAX point, yeah, they, they, they update a lot of stuff. So in the comments, yeah. uh, Mark's mom, she's a stay at home mom. Yeah. Uh, she and they, really, they really yeah. demolish her character. They made her more. I like that, that she's a working professional now. Yeah. Um, struggling with like, you see her downfall also with her dealing with, her last 20 years being a lie, you know, it, it's just, yeah, it, it was just so good. It's just really good. And the books, it just takes it to another level for me because I'm, I couldn't, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to be able to wait. It's just that crazy. I'm just crazy like that. Yeah. But so let's so, so expand it to expand it all. Cause we like, we're diving really in on Omni man and Mark. What, so what did you guys think of the auxiliary characters that we got? Uh, we got like you know team, the team. team teams or the new guardians of the globe. You got Cecil. You got Battle Beast. You got the brothers. There was so many other characters. Battle Beast got. is a beast. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has no. He gives no shits. Uh, he just went off and demolished Team Team and almost killed Mark. And see, in the 
I gotta remember the series. Okay, now in the series, Omni Man's in the background, like watching it go down, and I didn't understand why he didn't involve himself. Um, and, and I guess they they decided not to put it in there because it's not something that happens in the books, kind of thing. Because chronologically, it's a little bit different. Um, he's already gone by the time that fight happens. So it, it was just he's. I don't Yo, know. Kimbo, what's up, Kimbo? Hey, Kimbo. That he got beat up the entire time. Mark, I felt so bad for him. Um, I think Adam beat up is again. We're using very light terms. There, there is got, nothing light about the, the show. Entire time. I think Adam Eve is underdeveloped. She yeah. she's such a strong character, and I and she has the potential to do so much more. I, I want to see where they take her. I think we're gonna get more of her in season two than we did in season one. Yes, I hope so. I think season one was just establishing these side characters that are around Mark, and we got a little backstory for them, and it was you know Mark's journey. And I think, yeah, you're right. She was underdeveloped. I, she was one of my favorite female um, characters in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked her meta- I liked her more than Mark's girlfriend. Um, Amber. Amanda, uh, Amber's cool. I mean, she's way better here than she she's is. A be- she's a better in, Mary Jane. Because in the comics, she's a very vanilla, plain Jane, typical superhero yeah. girlfriend. Blonde haired yeah. girl with, you know, kind of dealing with shit. Where Amanda here, she's got her own, like her own right, what she want, what she's about. She's not taking any shit from Mark. Um, right. They, you know, made her a person of color and all of this stuff. So I really, you know, they just kind of they modernize a lot of the stuff. They gender swapped a couple characters and stuff. Yeah, the the best friends gay in the show, so they included that. And in the comic book, he's like just an immature jock or like kid, whatever. So it, there's a lot of little things that was changed, um, but I think for the better and made it more modern in still today's world. So yeah. it was just done so well. Yeah. So what what did you guys think of Robot? I was going to say. I love him. Thank you. Because that literally was going to be, yo, Robot? First of (laughs) all, can we give it up for Zachary Quinto? That man is so good. It's highly the, underrated. The voiceovers, that's another thing. Sandra O. Yo, this whole voice acting cast is phenomenal. Good. It is disgusting how good they are. Yo, like. The entire entire cast is stacked. Like mm-hmm. I look, I was looking through like you know how Amazon Even, has like the IMDb like yeah. like pops up, and I'm like, the no soundtrack too way. is so good. It's just yes, this is top tier. So this wow. is like between animation, casting, like everything has been done so well on the show. Right, and gotta hand it to them. I feel like they went back and they were like, how can we make what was good even better? And make it different from anything they've ever seen, and yeah. they, they, I think they hit that, and that's that. I, I'm so excited about this. I'm just really geeking out about it. So it's, sorry, yeah, no, yeah, let's do. So, so, so I, I have a point about the voice acting. I, I want to bring up. Okay. Um, oh, what the guy makes things explode. I can't. Oh, uh, Rex, Rex, Rex explode. Oh, Rex explode. First of all, was, voice, was voiced by Jay from Big Mouth. I love, so, I love. He's in I know him, everything. I know him from, I love him from the league. So I know him from the league. That's how I met him. So, so, good. so either way, I was like, I'm sitting there, and Rex Splode's character was like, oh, they typecasted Jay, like they because Rex Splode is Jay. It's just is it's Jay an older version of Jay with superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> and, then they, and then the thing that I the the because I haven't looked this up because I don't want to spoil the illusion for myself per se, but then they have. The younger Rexplode that Robot transfers himself into. Did they use Rexplode's? What like I don't, 
I almost don't yeah, want to kill the illusion. DNA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did they, they use the same it. voice actor? Yep. Oh, like, did yes, they use Rex Explodes? Yeah. So yep. I think Zachary Quinto yes. voices robot. Right. Yeah. And I think because I noticed that too, because I was wondering if the uh, if his body was going to be Zachary Quinto or was going to be uh, the other the other dude who does it. No, they yeah. Definitely use Rex Explode. Larice just saw the first episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, she just guy, finished. Man. She needs some minutes. Why did you say Michael? Why did Michael Bay? <laughs> You're not wrong. He's, he's a You're not wrong. wrong. He's Michael Bay as a superhero. She said she yeah. needs oh a minute. She's going to so, love this Larice, series. Larice, just keep oh, watching. It's man. just so good. Uh, Larice, <laughs> if you watch The Boys, you're going to love this. Like, it's. Well, yeah. so I enjoy this more than the boys. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I like that's what like if you like the boys, you're going to love this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my through. point my point was is that I almost couldn't tell as far as it goes. And I I almost I like tried listening like very, very closely to see if there was kind of any difference or anything else. And I was just like, I don't know if this is another voice actor nailing Rexplode's voice with some different tinge on it, or if this is him do like, so the talent was good enough that they, they made the illusion they were going for that yeah. this younger version it. of Rexplode is, is yeah, exactly that. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love that. I, I was like, yo, this man, don't don't give me like two villains. And he was like, nah, like I'm just here for like he literally used the homeboys and was like, all right, yeah. I'm taking y'all back to jail. I got my body back. I'm out. I was like, this man's a gangster. This <laughs> man's a straight up G. I love I this love Robot's character. I love it. The, when when he said I can't say anything. <laughs> when he said the line, what was it, to Monster Girl or something like that, that every like everyone assumes that or something like that about like not people assume that I'm not human or something like that, something along those lines or that I'm only this. And I was like, robot has got some motives. Robot has got some motive. Cause I was like, there is something going on with this character. There's more to him as far mm -hmm. as it goes. And that's what I knew. Like then when he steps out from the console after he did what he did or whatever, like him and Cecil had that interaction after he was Yo. pulling puppet strings. Yeah. I was like, I thought I Cecil it. was gonna be the big dirt bag, and he is. No, I Cecil's love Cecil. Cecil's a dirt bag, but Cecil's he's an honest a Nick dirt bag. Fury times. I like, mean, it's not. Yeah. It's what you would expect, except he knows he gotta right. get stuff done. You know, it, it's kind of like you For gotta a robot. Be... I expect the better from you, bro. Mm. But I'm not mad at it. I'm also not mad at it. Like, <laughs> just, it just jump in zone. No, I can't. I can't. He I literally can't. said no I comic can't. spoilers. I will not give comic spoilers. You I can't, can't say anything. Oh. I ain't saying. Oh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just you have to be don't able to separate it. I'm sweating. I plead the fifth. There's so much. There's so much. Because like all, all of these, so, all of these characters, like they come off as side characters, and so they good. they end up being like they are main pillars. Um, especially like what I think they're gonna do with the show because the comic pulls in a lot of the image superheroes mm -hmm. every once in a while. And I don't, I don't, jagged, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't think the show is really gonna do that. I think it's really gonna kind of focus and hone in on the superheroes that they have here. So these characters are gonna grow from side characters to these main characters with their own story arcs and own things that we're gonna see and make you make you question make you question them because mm -hmm. they're 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 all complex in their own way. Like robots, really complex. Uh, Monster Girl ends up being more than what we see. You get the backstories about who the people are, how strong people are. Like uh, Adam Eve is really fucking strong. Yes. Like her power 
Because like she's, no one, it's like almost like she she manipulates matter. Uh, molecules, matter. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like you don't, you know, they, and they joke about it. She's like, yeah, you know, no one really knows what my power is. Like Rex Bloke when they were dating, it was like he just thinks I, you know, pink shit just comes out. Like she's literally manipulating atoms. Mm-hmm. And I it's, feel like she's it's cr- she's gonna get the early Wanda treatment where Wanda, everyone was like, oh, she's like a telekinetic or whatever. This guy, the case is, and then later on we're like, oh, you have no idea. How I mean, strong if you, you are. Want, if you don't read the comic books, you, they wouldn't know, I guess. Right. They, they didn't like, engage in that when we first see Wanda in MCU. I, I like how, how in this panel right now, you can tell who read the comics, that the, the two who want to go. Like, I'm looking at Tony and Val right now. <laughs> Yo, they, they're so, they're so. <laughs> I'm trying. It's just so, so much. Because, like, because like, I'm, he- I'm hearing you guys say things, and I'm like, eh, you have no fucking idea. <laughs> so good. Right. Like, I, and I'm not trying to be that guy because, like, no one likes that fucking the manga reader. It's like, you I'm know? the manga reader too. But Tony and Val are the manga readers. That, that's literally you both. <laughs> I know I did that yeah, with ALT. That's but, you both. But I'm not an asshole. ALT, I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, I am not a holier than thou type of person. No, I like to not. see I it and enjoy it. I'm not finished though, so he's much further along than I am. Um, yeah, but I, I won't sucked. give away. <laughs> I do not like the ending. <laughs> anyway, I mean, that's not... I'm sure the way that they're going with the show, it's so much better. So and and it's like gives them an opportunity to revamp things and make mm-hmm. it. So I I, I don't want to get too invested in the comic books. I'm going to read it. Yes, but. I don't want it to be at be all end all because I know I want to see better in the show, so I'm that's, I'm expecting that. But what but what I want to know is about Kirkman though, because since it's a Robert Kirkman property, he did the same thing we saw with Walking Dead. There were choices he made in the comic mm-hmm. that didn't that he was like yeah, redo for. He felt, yeah, he was like yeah. I. He never agreed when um he cut off Rick's hand. He regretted that and he didn't do that in the show. So I feel like that's what he's gonna bring to Invincible. Is like there were choices in the comic. That he's like, you know what? I didn't like that. Let's do this different for the show too. And it and it and it's like you're getting a second go around with your property. And mm-hmm. I, that's what I like about Kirkman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so and I know we got like you know 15 minutes left or whatever. But yeah, we can keep going. So so my question for you guys too is like looking at the the main like the pinnacle of heroes we have here. So you've got Mark on one side, right? Who and I, I don't know if. I got it because I read I read it. So like I know this from Mark's personality as very much that right is right and wrong is wrong. I think you really get that on that last episode when he's dealing with his father. Right. Um, and he's gonna be working with Cecil. Mm-hmm. And you know that Cecil is like one of those very for gray. the greater, for the it's... gray, but for the greater good. So the whole thing with like D.A. Sinclair and how he was doing all this shit with this with the kids at the university, and Invincible's thinking, oh, he got rid of him. But in reality, he's using him for the the robot human things. So, right. what do you think that? How, how do you feel that interaction is going to be? What do you think about having those polar opposite characters work together? Um, Vmac, I don't know if you're like really that far in when you deal no. with that, but like, what you what do you what are you guys thinking about that relationship when those reveals come to play and come out? Because you know everything always comes out. I, I want to. Oh no! Go ahead. Go I, ahead. Atlas. I want to jump in on this one, yeah. Um, because I love I love the the myth of the thirty seven stories. We have thirty seven stories that we tell ourselves over and over and over again in, in humanity and culture. And one character that comes to mind when I think of Cecil or the 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 trope is Jack Sparrow and Will Turner. You can always trust a dishonest man to be dishonest. Mm-hmm. And I think we're gonna see Jack Sparrow and Will Turner mirrored in Mark and Cecil, and we're gonna I like see those. That those same stories very good and all it is is jack sparrow in a suit that's all that's all cecil strikes me as 
as the far thing as is, I think Cecil's very upfront about it, though. It's not, mm-hmm. he's not covering it. He's like, bro, no, I'm not going to pull this guy out because he's the only chance we're going to to take he, this. He's, I don't he's care more, if he's, like, he's like uh, the Danny Ocean. Like, I never lied about being a, be- a thief. Right, like, right. He's that, he's that mentality yeah. where, like, I, he was like, I'm not a liar. Like, you know. I, yeah, yeah. And his mom's like, this is why I hated you. He's like, oh, yeah, I hate me too, but I'm going to do what I got to do. Yep. Makes the hard yeah. choices. Yeah. 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 See, Bess? I mean, I don't know, man. I'm Cecil. Fuck that guy. Nah. It's, <laughs> wow. It's, wow. 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 Cecil has a teleportation machine, which listen, is listen, really listen, which listen. is really funny I'm, because I'm uh, it costs it costs taxpayers billions yeah. of dollars to turn it on. Like That's he makes I, a he makes a comment about it in the comic where he's like, How many times do you use? Well, you know, every time I use it, it costs like seven billion dollars for the taxpayers. And he uses it just like his fucking taxi. It's like really yeah. funny. Listen, I, I it's hilarious. You. <laughs> I I love the yeah. creation of Cecil's character. Well, I mean, it, was, it was a it, it to me it's like he didn't come off as a Nick Fury knockoff and like no not at all. No. Again, he, it's like in uh, Marvel you have Nick Fury and DC you have Amanda Waller and in Invincible we have Cecil and Cecil just it it, it it's like. Like, like people said, he sees the gray, he sees in the middle, he has to prepare. And it was like for Omni Man, before he pulled that trigger, it's like he knew already yeah. about Omni Man. He's preparing. The thing is, is that you see him like trying, he doesn't want to face it because he doesn't know how to fix it. Yeah. What do you do against him? And and he tells uh Dark Hole, what's what's the the, the demon uh, guy? Damien Dark Blood. Dark Dark Blood. Blood. You know, he's like, dude, I told you to stay out of it. I wouldn't have to do this to you. Like, now I got to get rid of you just so he don't know I know about him. You yeah. know, so it's like. But, like, the calculations to do that. Because, mm-hmm. like, literally, like, it felt like Dark Blood could maybe go toe-to-toe or at least do some with him. And he was like, nah, you're you're, you're risking way too much for what I got going. And I got to I gotta get you out of here. Like, yeah. I was like. That's where you're willing to go. Like you know, you know he's in the wrong, but you're not even gonna call him out on it because you can't do anything about it. Right. Like, right. Are you like does that make him a worse person at this point? But look and, at all and, and does he even does he even care that he's a worse person real. as a result? But look like, at all the plans that he threw at him in that last episode, and it still didn't stop him. He, it's like, come on. It's, but I it's, don't think I don't think he I don't think he expected to stop him he a lot of those it he was thought just, i have to slow him down, down. down. He, yeah he said like mark is the only mark way. is the only way right. and he's you know, and mark's not strong enough like to do how it. do you how do you how do you fight a how do you kill a viltramite with another viltramite yep and even then that's all i can fucking say because there's just so much there's just so much <laughs> I, where i'm up to on i just i saw alan just recent just now oh no alan's alan is dude awesome. i love that character um what's his name uh seth rogan yeah yep. oh my god oh it's just, man alan is a, a fan favorite alan's really great good. um yeah. but I, I where i'm up to i i, I um never mind yeah, <laughs> I love that you guys are just cutting yourself off. Yeah, I mean, right. you know, and it's and it's I'm what I'm interested in, and I want to get your predictions for the season for the next couple of seasons too. Is how they're going to weave a lot of these storylines because they're not using a lot. Like they have a crap ton of villains in this mm. show in the comic, mm. but they're not using some of them. So that there was a villain storyline while they're in high school where like the physics teacher was blowing up kids. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like Ooh. that was like a thing that was happening, but like it was like an early Mark run to stop. that yeah. Mark had so, to stop. It was like the first case that Mark and Adam Eve had worked in. Maybe they'll do it later. I don't know. Sorry. That sounds like Maybe. a Buffy episode. <laughs> yeah. It was like it one kinda, of those like, because it was a filler episode. This comes out, yeah. this I think was released 2003. So, yeah. I mean, uh, what we were into at that time is different from now, but mm. it definitely the, the, the chronological effects are completely different from how they release it on the show. Mm. And it's it's it builds differently in the character. So um there's there's I don't even know if they're going to introduce it the one with the multiple realities. Oh, they're bringing uh, him in. They're bringing him in. Okay. Angstrom so leave Angstrom Angstrom leave whatsoever. Yeah, so I think what they're probably going to do and not to give too much away. So like we're probably going to focus in on the Mauler twins because mm-hmm. they are they are they are a major uh, group uh, a major group. They're going to focus in on the the stone guy who's played by Mahershala Ali. Titan. Uh, Titan. Oh, we'll see. So Titan good. was a good story too. Yeah, we'll see. I, Did I anyone see that book. heel turn coming? Yes. The oh, he, and that he, wasn't because I hadn't read it. I actually expected that to happen for some reason. Really? Because the way he was treated when he got him the chip, and it was more like without even seeing his face, it was like, all right, I got something coming. And he like planned that out in a way. Like I, ex- I didn't expect the partner to also be in on him, with him. Mm-hmm. That was a surprise to me. I yeah. think I think that was a surprise. I think because, like, where I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, and I think that the audience, most of us thought because of the daughter that he would get the benefit of the doubt. Where he was mm-hmm. like, "Yo, I just want out of this. Like, I'm, I don't want this." And he was like, "Nah, I'll do this, but if he, I'm the guy, he didn't like, want to be someone's runner boy." Right. Power, power could be like it's the whole point was to slag at the power and how do you take out something get the power to take out who's on top, mm-hmm. and he may be more cognizant of the lower people in his position. I think that I, I want to see where he takes that. Um, yeah, true. So I, I don't think he would be as cold hearted. I think it was more about providing for his family and knowing this is this is his life, and this is how I'm gonna get it. So. You know, I'm gonna do what I gotta do. Yeah. So, because so, when he tried to get out, they didn't let him out. Is that all word? All right. Yeah. yeah. He's about that life. He is about that life. So, I think, you know, last question, I guess we have we've got seasons two and season three have been confirmed. We know that Omni Man has left the earth. We saw some Viltrumites in the in the history lesson i will tell you those are actual characters in the comic we were very looking forward to seeing them uh <laughs> especially the old dude his name is conquest that shit is dope and that's You're all i'm telling me stuff i don't no, know yet that's it you don't you, you don't you don't even know his name is conquest he's fucking awesome uh, <laughs> yo i love when Toad gets excited for right shit. so what do you guys think are gonna what do you what do you predict to happen in this show because we have two more seasons definitely coming and we'll start with uh, VMAC. You're going last because you read the book. So, uh, so Tom, uh, Atlas. I, I, so, can I ask something real quick? Tone, yeah. based on the number of episodes in like the first season we got versus like how much more content we have, how many seasons do you think they're going to give us? I about three or four. I've heard like five to seven. Wow. Oh, really? because, because there's – so it depends on how many – it depends on the arcs they cut because there yeah. are some arcs that uh that may or may not may not may or may not make it um okay. you know there's a you know this there are some definite arcs that will be fully fleshed out and potentially could be one to two seasons mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I think you know i think i've heard five five to five to seven there's 144 issues and i think they got to issue 13 
in, in this around season. there yeah because this season yeah. definitely got to like 14 15 because i i'm on issue like 20 something and i just got past where the show completely their storylines covered anyway because yeah. they were again chronologically different um but most of the storylines i just passed yeah it, it eventually opens up like there's a whole like it's no longer just earth it just opens up and then it's kind of like where are they going to pick and choose to to do um so yeah but so predictions Atlas. Atlas. all right predictions um I'm getting this whole vibe that an emotionally compromised Viltrumite is not a good thing. And with ha with um, Omni-Man having flown away from the Earth, he has nowhere to go. Because a Viltrumite Empire is not going to be sympathetic to what he just did. And right. so he's either he, uh, he, he either has to turn around and go back, or there's something incoming. As far as it goes. Like, there's someone or something incoming that's going to finish his job. And so that's kind of my, that's where I'm kind of leaving it and what I'm expecting like as far as it goes, because you can't, you can't fly off and leave post because Alan's going to take notice and whoever he works for is they already have, as we mm -hmm. saw. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's unfinished business. So like that is probably going to be the, the biggest thing for me, what goes on there and where, where does Omni-Man go? Does he run back to the empire with his tail between his legs and, and, basically suffer um what's the being court-martialed kind of thing like no that doesn't strike me as him like what or does he go to for that yeah like where where does a narcissist a character like that go to resolve this problem and and that's that's kind of the the loop or the hook that's that's mm. got me so i also have one more closing meme that i'd like to submit to the council is just Deku watching, like going, Oh yeah, I break something every battle. And then Mark just going, Hold no, hold my beer, kid. Just hold, hold, my, hold my beer, kid. Watch this. Like, Sorry, Listen, I need to, my, my I get that closing oh. statement in it. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I want to get that closing statement in. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right. Uh, so good. Uh, <laughs> um I will say yes to what uh Atlas said. Like I think that's a very likely, you know, wh where's uh, Omni-Man going to go? And uh, I don't know that he can go back uh, empty-handed, uh, you know, there. I will also say, like, I'm looking forward to seeing the reveals with um, Cecil and, like, what he's working on. Um, sort of like the um, the Hero League Alliance. I always forget the name of the their team. Uh, seeing, like, a lot of those. Guardians of the Globe, like seeing what happens with them because the main guy who got his powers back, that was the most Samson. like Samson. Dude, that was dope. I was like, are mm -hmm. we gonna are we gonna touch on this? Are we gonna address this? Because your boy got powers back. Like it wasn't like, oh yeah, like I nice. We are all fans of him over here. But um Hey Josh. <laughs> but uh getting getting like Going from like I'm powerless to like I got the fucking shit kicked out of me, and now I have powers again. How is that dynamic going to work? Especially with a team of people who you know now we have young. robot who got young yeah. young heroes, especially like, you know robot just got his powers back or just got a body you know a true body uh, and whatnot, and then uh, Monster Girl whose powers are always like kind of on the fritz. So how is he going to handle that? Um, and then finally, oh man, any predictions? Um, I, I feel like they're gonna try to push uh, Mark and um, 
Adam Eve together. I don't know that I want to see it. I don't know that I need to see it. Um, Amber, I do like, but I don't like her for his girlfriend either. Like, I feel like he's just going to have to, yo, play that single card, bro. Play the field. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't, need, you don't need these girls, you don't man. You need that time right now. He, no. you, he can't manage it. He's too no, young for that. He can't. He can't. And so I think it would make sense for him to be with Adam Eve because it because she's a hero and gets it too. But that I, I don't feel need like to see it. I don't need to see it. And I think they'd be better friends. I think they would be better like confidants in each other. But I feel like they'll end up like pushing some friends with benefits situation at somewhere down the line. But who knows? Seabass. Seabass. Me? Oh. No, um, I'm gonna it's gonna be interesting for to see the team dynamic for um the new guardians of the globe going into season two because I kind of like how they ended like you know the that season with them cleaning the blood off the wall and like they were cleaning it as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of showed like okay, we're working as a team now. Um I want to see more in the dynamic of where we're going at with um, the twins, because I know that there's going to be more to their story, obviously, um, just by how these guys are acting. Um, they yes, feel like yes. buff Lex Uthors to me. Yes, they do. And um, yes, Battle Beast. I want more Battle Beast. Just give me more of him just wrecking shit. Um, I want to see, I want to see like in some off world death battle scenario where him and Lobo go head to head. Cause like that'd be an amazing the fight. World, the world is not ready for that. <laughs> it's, the universe is not ready. The galaxy is not ready for that. But um, I mean, predictions is um, obviously Cecil is going to be throwing more work at Mark. Um, Omni man is just going to be that boy. Who's just fucking wrecking shit. And um, I do want to see how um, Mark deals with the fact that this dude who he helped now is like the head of that syndicate. I do want to see how that transitions in the show. You know, that's that's what I want to see. And, you know, that's me. And and VMAC. Well, um, I'm not as I'm not done with the series yet. So I'm uh, I. The things that I would think like. You touched on a good point where uh, what happens with Omni-Man now? You run off, you can't go back home. You come back, you have to face possibly taking over and killing your son. And whether or not he really cares is still under debate. Um, I, I think he may now find himself in a path where he would defend his son. I would want to see him come back when Vilchamite is like, nah, we're not letting go of Earth. And um, that's not, you're you kind of messing up our reputation. And maybe he'll come and step in against Vilchamite and struggle his own internal aspect. I don't know. Maybe that could possibly happen. I doubt it, but it's a, it's a stretch. Um, I also would like to see I, I want to see more stronger characters. I mean, I, I like Rock Explode. I just don't see him really beating anyone. Um, I like, <laughs> <laughs> he's funny, his comic relief. It's like, it's like a gambit. Um, but, you know, I don't know. He's but not. Gambit's way stronger. Absolutely. Like, That's the problem. Um, I want to see stronger characters. Like, Guardians it, of the Globe, it, the original team was an outrageous team yeah. and you've now you have inducted these the team team mostly and some extras because you know uh robot did pick this group I, i'd like to see them bring in someone who can contend with stronger characters i i, I want to see you know uh someone i can be 
like, okay, this could be some competition, something that can compete. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that. If this is the B team. They are in a fucking right, and there's so many other teams apparently that they're not. They didn't really explore. I mean, I like mm. that they did that, the tryout things, mm. but um, they didn't really explore other characters as much as they could. So I'd, I'd like to see more of that um, in this universe. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I mean, it, I'm really excited. It's something brand new. I know nothing about. So, so it sounds, excuse me. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun that I actually like it. Cause I, you know, it's good. <laughs> it's been a while. Since yeah. Oh, right. Wow. Cause I know so many like Marvel. I know DC. I'm, you know, I'm I know, and I, I know my comic books, except image outside of wildcat spawn and a little bit of savage jack because they had a 90s cartoon, but <laughs> Um, I knew, but didn't know of this character and this this universe. So um, it's yeah, exciting. Think, yeah, I think Invincible came later years because after a lot of those guys left, like Jim Lee left to DC and they purchased all his properties. Mm -hmm. um, and then Eric Larson was just like, we didn't hear too much from Savage Dragon for a while, but it, it's still going in like the core book for Image. Um, Invincible, I think, came out after Kirkman dropped Walking Dead. And they gave him more, you know, room to run with stuff. So yeah, it's and it's during its run, like I said, what was pretty dope was that what legitimized even more for me with Invincible is the fact that they had Invincible crossover into a Marvel comic, into Marvel in um the Marvel team up books, which was something that you know you always saw a Marvel hero team up with another Marvel hero, but there was, was like, oh, we're gonna have Spider-Man team up with Invincible, and it kind of still was following his story of something that was going on in his book, and I thought that that was so dope, and that's when I was like, oh, let me learn more about this character, and I was just like, dude, this is, they have a really great, and the fact that now we had as an animation, and hoping like this brings more people to enjoy it, where we can maybe get a live action someday with um, maybe. The same I wouldn't want to see it as a live action. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think that it would do it justice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think the boy, the boys works live action because they they adapted it and like the the violence and the gratuitousness comes from like the practical effects taken from the heroes, but also like the grittiness of the boys. Where this right. is especially what's showing Invincible and how high powered he is can look really. Cheesy. Super, just super CGI. It would just be CGI the whole time. Uh, Jupiter Legacy. You guys, yeah. When you guys, if you watch it, I've only seen one episode. It's similar <laughs> in that sense where it doesn't deliver the same excitement. It seems a little cheesy, but it's a well done enough show for Netflix. Uh, but it kind of it would give me that kind of feel of live action, and I don't want to see it. I don't want to see that for Invincible anyway. Gotcha. And I, and I think, you know, taking these taking these properties and taking these obscure comics, you know, or not main not main big two comics and throwing them into animation format versus live action just lets us consume them more and not worry about, you know, some of the other pieces of value. Like we all love a good DC animated movie. So mm -hmm. getting these right. other comics as animations, I think as animated series, adult animated series is, I think, just a better better for for all of us as fans who, who consume all this content we don't like the killing joke we don't talk the killing joke didn't exist it's just a comic <laughs> it, yeah it's a single it story line. i mean what's it, wrong with it, the killing it, joke it, it no, never, the animation it doesn't oh. exist it doesn't exist it never happened it's a pipe dream that the killing joke would be a fantastic animated movie but it's too short to be a good animated movie so it is a fantastic Yes, because you make bad choices with Batgirl. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking All about. Right. 
We're so, gonna wrap up. So uh yes. Um I'm super excited for what Invincible seasons two and three and beyond bring into play and seeing storylines that I've read and seeing them come to life characters that I cannot wait to see and who they cast as their voice actors and for all of you to meet and to see the gruesomeness of, of what so Ryan good. Otley has, has done on paper so on live action. All I'm going to leave you all with this is that Viltrumites do not play. They don't. So Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you, Atlas. Thank you, VMAC. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Tommy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Tommy. Thank you guys thank you. for having me. Thank you for, for being uh, with us awesome. for, for two two hours for an extra long episode of <laughs> the round that Seabass did not host. Um, and we will see you. Guys. We're going live tomorrow? Yeah, we're going live tomorrow. So we are going live tomorrow. Oh, and this is going to be a fun one. We are going to be with Gia's for Geek. They're coming on the show. We are going to have a fun episode of Shots for Shots. It's five shots of Tony and Sean Luke answering questions with me and Charlie's livers on the line. So we're taking shots. So, Tony, you better get all them questions, right? Law, Law will be hosting, and Law is putting those questions together. So if you get anything wrong, we know who to blame. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do I... I don't no, even know. I don't know how that works. Anyway, it works perfect. Also, too, guys, follow our great guests in the links below. The links yes. are in the description. Follow Thomas Sasano, aka Atlas. Check out his wood carving. Check out VMAX link on Instagram for VCreates. She does some awesome, amazing work. We may see her do some invincible fanner. I know I'm waiting for her to do an Omni Man. A word? A word? Um, <laughs> and, and check. I guess I will. I guess I will. I guess I will. You just put me on the spot. I did. I I'll, probably, listen, I'll listen, probably work go. on it. Girl, you got skill. We love your artwork. And I, yes, Thank I did. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> and um, finally, so just uh, you know, put it out there, too. Um, check out our DM, Tommy. He was on out earlier talking about the Dungeons & Dragons. Um, if you guys have been tuning in, make sure you check out the links for the free comic, Dead Planet, as well as the four digital art pieces that I put there in the Dropbox. Um, those links are in the description. This is to celebrate the fact that we have 200 subscribers. Now let's get the push to 500 subscribers because, nerds, we are growing. That's what we want to do. We want to grow with you. We want to entertain you. And we want to bring guests like great guests like VMAC and Thomas Hassan, um, aka Atlas back to show off their stuff. Um, and that's about it. Yes, that's been nerds. You guys right. anything else you want to add? Or get nah. that rolling? Uh that's it. That's We're it. good, man. Peace.